welcome to another episode of Raptors in the Kitchen. Uh, this is Friday the 8th of June 2018. Am I wrong? It's the 7th. Is it the 7th? Oh no, he's correct. It's the 8th. Oh shit. There we go. Thank I thought as much. Thank fuck it is the 8th, otherwise I'd have been writing the wrong address all day. Uh, <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Paco Rodriguez, and I'm joined by... See, I was going to do some Jurassic Park quotes, but like... No, it never, I hate yeah, it too much. You hate, like, what? I, I was talking about original Jurassic Park, not. He doesn't like the original. No, right. I just think it's. Hold really on, right, like, hold on. <laughs> now we need to get, like, I'm joined by Tommy Vass and Neil McCulloch, who apparently hates Jurassic Park. I don't, Explain yourself. I don't hate Jurassic Park. I just don't think it's that good. I think it, if it, if it was on and I was in somebody's house and I had no control, I wouldn't complain about it. I'd maybe point out how it's kind of really dated now. Um, you would the, do that, the two, and the two kids in it are really, really annoying, and I hate the whole concept at the end where just because they've gone for a traumatic experience, Big Samuel now loves Wayne's. It's bullshit, man. Well, Guy hated Wayne's beginner. He would still hate Wayne's at the end, possibly more because they kept getting in the way of him escaping. He had to look after fucking Wayne when he could have been off. Well, you are hold entirely on. fucking wrong. Hold Let's on. let Tommy speak. Yeah. I was just gonna say. The scenario being, you're in someone's house where you've got no control. So you're in someone's house. <coughs> let's say, yeah, kind of weird off, don't I? Let's say a couple of friends, right? You're in their house, and the majority consensus is, "Oh, well, Jurassic Park's on." I, I, would, I wouldn't complain. All right, I was going to say you would sit there, even though the majority and bitch about it, rather than say, "Right, I'm away home." That's what I'm like when the football's on. <laughs> yeah. Nobody asked you to watch the World Cup. <laughs> but you tell like we asked you, you didn't have to come. See. I think this shows more about says more about Tommy because Tommy's just created this scenario and he said if he's not happy with what's on the telly then even though he's with yeah. his pals it's him or up the road as pals we have Tom, to make that Tommy decision. is actually quite it's like quite, that that's quite yeah, he is quite like that in mm-hmm. general though. that's not true that's when, absolutely true when, when have I ever left the house because I didn't want to watch what was on television have we got time to sit here and just count all the times? I don't think it's so. It's never happened to you. This, this isn't a Tommy being a terrible human being podcast. That's this never happened. That has never happened. terrible movies. Yeah. Well, it's not about uh, like terrible films, but this week wasn't uh, great. Well, we had, we had one good movie. Well, no, that's also debatable, but let's continue. <laughs> okay. Um, right, so, yeah, this week there was only one big release, but there was a classic film shown at the GFT. We're not doing trailers and news first, Tony. Well, I was just going to say that the films we will be reviewing later of that will be Blue Velvet and Jurassic World. But first... Blue Velvet wasn't the GFT. Sorry, not the GFT, City World. But first, let's get to news. Uh, Paco, you, your thoughts. Kathleen Kennedy to maybe step down from Star Wars. So, how much do you guys know about this? Like, about what's I, happened recently? I, I know that... As a result of Last Jedi and Solo, there's been a lot of outcry from the fans saying that she needs to go. That's why I know. There's like a massive... Some fans, sorry, not all fans. I say like a massive subset. Who knows how big this subset of fans are. Like, uh, There's a lot of people who claim that she is pushing SGW politics into the movies. And because of that, the franchise has gone down the shitter. Uh, so like, people are claiming that... She's essentially making these films terrible, and that she did, she should leave. They've been sending her death threats, as you'd expect. They've been sending her fucking all manner of fucking bullshit messages and stuff. Right. Okay. Personally, as we've spoke about in the past, but not really on air so much. Like I don't like the Last Jedi. 
I don't not like it for like any of the reasons that all these bullshit fanboys seem to dislike it. And what are the bullshit fanboys saying in your uh, read? That you know it's just like forced left wing propaganda stuff. Uh, that you know they, they essentially don't like it because Daisy Ridley is like one of the main characters, if not the main character, and she's a woman. Fucking God forbid. Like uh, all this sort of stuff. In twenty eighteen, folk have a problem with that. Jesus. Is that a surprise? In 2018, we also, you know, have people who voted for Brexit and Trump. Well, that so, wasn't this year, but yes, carry yeah, on. Yeah, I know. But, you know, and it's like, carry we're on. still dealing with the fallout for that bullshit. Uh, we generally, I think, tend to try not to delve too much into the political side of things. And I think that's still a good kind of thing to do, is just avoid all this bullshit. Mm. Like, I think we're all on the same page where we don't agree with the... The kind of general backlash, is that right? Oh, was the last year, Yeah. I completely don't agree with that. I think think it's a good film. You also think it's a good film, Tom? I enjoyed it. I I don't, and we've never actually spoke about it on air. Like, my problem is with... Yeah, like, you spoke about it in a different podcast. I've also did that as well. Like, the Monster Closet Mm. with our friend Lee. So, like, I I guess if you want, like, a total in-depth review or, like, all our thoughts on it, like, you should check that episode out. Like um, as I think it's just called the Last Jedi, and the podcast is the Monster Closet. You can find it on iTunes and all that kind of other stuff, mm-hmm. uh, Twitter. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't like it because I just think that it's really shoddily written. Like I think that there's so many times where the outcome of a scene is like, like the scene itself is so reliant on the films that came before it to extent that just you know, makes you wonder why even bother making a new film when it's so similar. But then the outcome to all those scenes is like the opposite of what happened in the original trilogy to try and kind of, what's the word I'm looking for here, man? Flip it. There's a particular term that for some reason is completely eluding me right now. Divert your expectations? That's not right, is it? No, that's right. Yeah, but like, it, it still hinges on... The, the original films like more than just being on its own and like the, the kind of central driving force of the movie is the whole let the past die like you know as if to say like don't get hung up on the past let them kind of tell stories now like new stories and it doesn't do that at all like it just it, it just doesn't give any of the older fans what they want but doesn't really give us a new story either like a uh, it just kind of chops and changes things about like the start of the movie is so much like the empire strikes back like with the Hoth sequence with the uh, evacuation of the planet but then like it changes a little bit with the attack on the dreadnought and then you've got like that whole sequence when uh, they're in the room with Snoke which is exactly like the end of Return of the Jedi it just happens halfway through the film rather than at the end of the film and like doesn't really go anywhere it just leads to the same old shit like if they really wanted to kind of be their own film they could have done it in a, a much different way right like uh, I'm not trying to get in a big debate about this. Like I don't like I didn't hate the film when I watched it. I thought it was entertaining, but overall not really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've since just come to fucking hate the entire conversation around it from both sides. Like I hate like how divisive it is and how like you cannot criticize it without being classed as a fucking sexist or racist because of like all the backlash with the character of Rose mm-hmm. as well, which like Neil was talking about like. She's had that much uh, hate from her way that she's left Instagram. Uh, She's left all social media. Well, that's fucking ridiculous. 
Like, uh, she was actually good in the film as well. She was a good character. Like, she was only in it for, like, really vacuous reasons, though, like, which was my problem with her character, is, like, the only reason she's in that movie is to create a love triangle between her, Flynn, and Ray. And it's just really weak. Like, I think it's just a really weak storyline. But, like, point and point again, like, I just think this film fails. It falls flat, like, all over the fucking place. But, like, the things I don't like about it aren't the things that, like, seem to be generally upsetting the the fanboys with it. But, like, hey, this whole Kathleen Kennedy thing is fucking ridiculous. I cannot believe that she's been given so much hassle that she's going to stand potentially stand down from her fucking role in this. Like, for... I mean, how much money did Last Jedi make? Loads. How much money did Solo make? Like, underperformed, right? Not enough, apparently. But, like, still, though, they're, like, even underperforming, they've still made millions of dollars, right? Yeah, of course they did. Like, the idea that she's been forced to leave this company for doing a job is just absolutely ludicrous to me. And, like, I think this should be the last time we talk about it because, like, it really is, honestly, just fucking flagging it, flogging a dead horse at this point. But, like, all the stuff surrounding this is just so fucking irritating right now, man. And, like... If I was more of a tinfoil hat person, I would say that companies are doing this stuff in purpose, like, because there is some merit to the whole forced SJW narrative that's going around. Like, these things are, they feel shoehorned in films now. Like, L3 in Solo doesn't feel like a natural character. She does feel like it's shoehorned in. Like, I didn't dislike it, but I can see why that would get people, the right kind of people, up in arms. In the same way that, like, a Star Trek Discovery having, like, uh, a main a female character who is black and called Michael, like, a, with all the supporting cast being people who look like, you know, wh- whenever you kind of hear the SJW term get thrown about, you imagine those kind of haircuts and that kind of just hipster look to them. Like, it seems, it almost seems intentional. Like, it's, they're just... Because there's no such thing as bad publicity, do you know what I mean? It's like it'll rally the feathers at idiots and like people who are progressive will rally behind it regardless of whether or not they should. Do you guys like you both went mega quiet, like a Well you're talking. And like do you, agree, you but do you agree with like what I'm saying? Like what the it feels you horned in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like look at look at uh, <coughs> the uh, the EA stuff. As well, like, what the fuck was it? Why am I blanking again, man? There was something really recently, like, where it was that whole... It was Battlefield Five trailer comes out. So, like, Battlefield, ah, yeah. Battlefield Five is set during World War Two, and the main protagonist is a woman who is an amputee. Like, she's got, like, a, a, a fake arm. And then, like, that just seems like a calculated thing where progressive people are going to be like, these games were never realistic in the first place. This is representation, and they're just happy that there is representation. But then all the fucking goons are just going to come in behind it, saying this isn't accurate. And then like you get the whole sexism thing banded about again. It creates controversy, and like this is something that EA has done in the past. Like this is EA's just general way of dealing with things because like Battlefield One onesie. Like no, I mean not even that. Like I was thinking more specifically when Dead Space came out, they hired fake Christians to stand outside the convention centre saying that this is like against mm. God and stuff but like EA seemed to revel in controversy and like it seems to be something that I think is just catching on throughout Hollywood as well and the whole fucking situation just drives me fucking mental 
because like everybody seems to fall for it like everybody like progressives like argue adamantly like for it and then all the fucking morons argue against it and just anybody who's normal just seems to be caught in the middle of it like wondering what the fuck's going on let me ask you a good question there what's normal you Tommy you're normal mm. um look at his face is he fucked um big round head <laughs> I do have an unusually shaped head so Sorry, we're, we're deflecting the issue then I guess <laughs> I was about to say something and then you kind of started saying something in, so I'm just, I'm yeah, you sorry, man. Sorry. Representation is important. Definitely. Definitely, 100%. And I feel that there's a way to do representation without it feeling shoehorned in. I agree. And I feel Hollywood's still finding its feet and working out ways to do that. See, I would, if I was an optimistic person, I would agree with you, but like, it really shouldn't be that difficult, and it wasn't that difficult in the past, so why is it difficult now? I don't know, man, like at times, you see, you, see, you talk about representation, I mean, look at, um, again, look at when uh, Billy D. Williams was cast as Lando, like there was a whole thing of there was not enough... Uh, there's not enough diversity in the original trilogy, and like they're like that's true. That. Yeah. So, but yeah, again, but, but Billy nobody, Billy, nobody reeled against that, and like it's not like anybody ever claimed that the only reason Lando was there was because they needed a token black guy. But everybody's an alien. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah but like, that's, that's see, like the, the things like uh, Star Trek Discovery is like the the mo- the easiest example of this because like they're the ones who have done this the worst, in my opinion. Like it's so obvious that they're oh. shoehorning. Who, who's the writer of Starship Discovery? It was uh, Alex Kurtzman, is that his name? Yeah, I, I remember before that show came out, there was an interview with him, and I swear to God, this exists, where he was saying that, yes, he would be using it as a platform. Yeah. In the which, same way that which again, the older Star Trek was. It should be fine. Like, as you said, mm. older Star Trek was exactly... Like, Star Trek has always been about diversity. Yeah. Like, fair enough, the original series got it fucking wrong when it came to sexism. Like, it was sexist as fuck. But, like, you know, like they, they've had, like, Janeway as the female captain. Uh, Cisco is, like, the captain of DS9. Like, nobody... Like, I forget who said it. Like, it might have been one of the guys from Red Letter Media. But, like, in all of the like, next generation onwards, nobody ever, like looks down on women in a way which like if something happens they can't deal with it uh, even when it comes to like physicality it's like they are never looked down upon mm-hmm. like Star Trek has always been about diversity but Star Trek Discovery is still about diversity but it all seems just so shoehorned like they don't they don't believe in diversity they're just doing it to tick off a box right. like it, this sort of stuff reminds me of like that joke in a uh, Scrubs where Turk talks about how they put him on the cover of his a college campus oh, yeah. a thing yeah, twice yeah. because he was a black guy yeah. it's like positive discrimination is still a bad thing it shouldn't mm-hmm. be you know like people shouldn't just get these things because of their skin colour no, but like at the same time representation is important so like if the options are poor representation which feels shoehorned in or no representation I would definitely say put the shoehorn stuff in but like at the same time, overall, why can't it just be done better? Yeah. Like these issues deserve better, and Hollywood are fucking failing miserably at it, and that's why like you get so much backlash because like not everybody is articulate, and like when a dumb person tries to fucking air their thoughts in this shit, it comes out as absolutely moronic bullshit. 
I think like when it comes to Hollywood though, a lot of the times uh, when you look at like Hollywood blockbusters, um, not not all of them of course, but you'll get like uh, execs and that saying right, we've got this franchise, we we need to look at the current demographic of what we're what we're wanting to make this franchise about. We need to also look at like what the current trends are, what the current like politics are and things like that. And then they might just be like right, we need this this and this. Now hire a writer, pay him some money to write this. And then we'll get a director. We'll hire him, and we'll make and I'll make money because it's that's what we're doing. It's not again. It's not right because again, you're like it should be about intelligent storytelling, and it should be like you said if it's a intelligent representation, um, not necessarily it, it should be here because because it, it, we, we're doing that for this for the sake of we're doing it. You know, it's like like you said, it could be bad representation. Well, the rest done at the the writers level. The writers, yeah. Mm. But that's the thing though, like. But these movies all make so much money. Like people's standards seem to have just fucking dropped so yeah. much. I and like, I, I wonder. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying superhero movies are bad, right? But like, I wonder if all these superhero movies are what's doing it because like they are quite lowest common denominator a lot of the time. Like a lot of them are just like they're not great. They're just good. Like, and that's selling so much money I, so why bother putting in more effort I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it's the fault specifically of superhero movies no. because blockbuster cinema has been gone that way long before they were around I'd agree with that and it's more to do I feel with just the change in generations and how we consume media yeah mm-hmm. and but, when you look at how media is consumed now it's all snippets it's all bite sized chunks Mm-hmm. And as that developed, so did the very punchy kind of MTV style editing, where everything's flash cut here, flash cut there, mm-hmm. flash cut there. You, so it's it's kind of developed over time, uh, the way the people have changed their attitudes. You're not wrong, right? And like you used an interesting word there, like a uh, consumed. That's like the thing. There's like in the past decade, people now talk about entertainment like it's junk food. Like a, you know, nobody appreciates, well, not nobody. It's because like there's so many pe- outlets for it. Some people still appreciate movies as art, and like, not all movies even deserve to be classified as art, but like, nowadays it is so much more just like we consume media, whether it's like movies, TV shows, music, or games, like, we just fucking eat through it and move on to the next thing. Yeah. So, like, I can kind of, I don't know, like these things like sell, said, there's so many people are into it. There's so many outlets like, for it, man. You've got like, I mean, you just look at like social media, the internet, YouTube. I mean, what, what you, was look, the, you look at like, you look at, remember what you used to enjoy television shows and nature documentaries and such and such and such, and you'd have to wait at six o'clock on a Saturday night for that show beyond. you got YouTube, there's a thousand channels about yeah. certain anything. Where, but yeah, exactly, a range of things because we're spoiled for choice. So the, when, when was the last time you watched a great movie? Not an independent film, because like you know, those are still going. But like the last time a big movie was great. What what the last movie I thought was great? Yeah, that was like a big film. Blade Runner. Okay, that's actually a a good shout. Okay. And if we're gonna if we're gonna say the last time I saw a great movie, I saw Blue Velvet last week. Oh, (laughs) man, we'll get to that later. Okay. Oh, sorry, not last week. Five days ago. See the crux. See the crux of this, Paco. Is your argument just your? This really just your old man yells at cloud moment. Like, it, it feels, it feels that way. It's like it doesn't feel like an old man yells at cloud moment. It just feels like this is like, this has been really fucking yeah. bullied up inside him. Yeah, totally. And he's using this as an outlet. It's like, see, 
more recently, like, I, I kind of spoke before about like being part of like a kind of geek group on Facebook, a uh, called Secret Friends Unite, and like I feel like Nerd. I feel like I'm totally like viewed as this just cantankerous bastard on there because like everybody just seems to be so positive about everything all the fucking time. And the rest of the people in this thing. 15 years old. No, no, well, they're all older than me. That'd be weird. <laughs> He's like 34 and there's only 50 years old. They're all way older than I am. But like, hey. Uh, positive, like just about yeah, life. Uh, everything. Uh, like, every. These are kind of folk that think that the Flash and Arrow are fucking great. Television. Yeah, yeah, they are. But not just that, they also like. In don't, their opinion, it might Don't be. get me wrong, man. Like, Todd and Charlie, if you guys happen to be listening to this, like, I think you're fucking Bullshit. great. But like, there's like. Whenever you level criticism at something, like it doesn't get like acknowledged as there's actually like possible faults with these films or whatever. It just gets seen as toxic negativity. Like that's just that's just it. It's like, oh, why are you always so fucking negative? Why are you so angry? Why are you grumpy? It's like, I don't know, man. Like this is gonna make me sound like I'm right up my own arse, and I'll admit I might be right up my own arse with this one. But like. You would not fucking sit a Big Mac in front of a food critic and expect them to be like, that was fucking brilliant. Well, Join. you would not sit some fucking. Funnily enough. As the carton wine in front of a fucking wine connoisseur well, enough, and expect them to be like, that well, was fucking amazing. Hold on, funnily enough, I actually seen a video that I found yeah, quite. Funnily, funnily enough. Funnily enough. Funnily, funnily enough. Funnily enough. I saw a video which I thought was quite funny where. Um, uh, the Greggs, uh, popular uh, savoury chain. I saw that. Yeah, they went to a very kind of, well, it was a food festival, like it was in the middle of London or whatever, and they masked the fact they were Greggs and they were called Gregory and Gregory and they had a nice font and, you know, and that, and they were giving out salads, they were giving out, not sausage rolls, but they were giving out like salads and uh, wraps and folk were like, oh my God, this is lovely. And then they were like, who are you? Who are you? And there was like a couple of folk there that knew their shit. We're Greg's. Oh, are you? That's that's all well and good because that food's probably been prepared in a local proper proper kitchen. It's not been just chucked in the oven by Big Senga for Mary Hill. Exactly. It's not been left on just a a shelf for five hours and like is tepid and crispy when you go eat it. My point being, if anybody, (laughs) you know, if they had showed up at that uh, food market as Greg's and not Greg and Gregory, how many folk would have took that? This this is interestingly interest, interestingly a point I was going to bring up during the blue velvet discussion uh, about well, how we'll, we'll get to that right okay um, yeah <laughs> but like uh, you like going against my own point I suppose there was also like a study done at, like maybe five or six years ago now that shows that wine connoisseurs actually don't have a fucking clue when it comes to tasting wine like if you mask taste test a wine sample then like the ones that are worth hundreds of dollars and the ones that are worth like. 10 bucks, they can't tell the difference. Okay. It's that Bernard Black joker, nobody wants to admit that wine doesn't have a taste. No, all wine uh, tastes the same. But like, it's just, you, you know, maybe, like, man, I sound like such a dick. Maybe my highest high, maybe my standards are just higher. Like, I, I expect, like, just competent writing. These people earn millions of fucking pounds. Well done, like, I didn't know we were already talking about Jurassic World. Like, well, I mean, this just in general. This is no. like we're talking about Hollywood. Right. Like the these people earn so much money that they should be specialists in their field. Like they should be the fucking best writers on the planet making these fucking things, 
And they're not. No, they're no, no, fucking hold idiots. On, hold on. No, 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 they're not. They are hired to entertain people. And if the people buy the tickets or are entertained by the film, then their job is done. It's, it's, it's bad right, standards that they've, they've done their job. My argument has always been that if you're making a film well, you mm-hmm. can make it entertaining of course you and intelligent mm-hmm. at the same time. And they never could. are. Oh, sorry. They rarely are. Of course you could. Look at the Transformers franchise. Because that, that turns off probably about 75% of the audience. It doesn't need to. It totally doesn't need to. Like a prime, if, if prime a example, a prime example is Predator. That film is intelligent. That film is also simple and full of fucking action. Name a guy who doesn't like Predator. How many women don't like Predator? I don't so, know. Like, so, you're, you're... Actually, you also cannot name a woman who doesn't like Predator. The other thing being, um, when you're talking about like exciting, I mean, I, me- I mentioned Blade Runner 2049 uh, earlier, and I-, I was blown away at just how intelligent and how much that film left me in awe the several times I've seen it and I come away and I'm like man I really wish not so much blockbusters but I, I, I'd love it if all films kind of had that effect on me um, yeah. Tommy, my point is like Blade Runner is a highly intelligent movie it's got a lot of heavy themes going on in it yeah, yeah. and it did not do well and it didn't do well no. yeah. because Folk, your average it. Joe Punter doesn't really watch that hmm. and that's that's so because shit though like the, because to them, that's that to, doesn't annoy you. Like I realize, no, like, it's, it's, just, it's a social, it's a social issue. People, people like that, the kind of people of lower education. I think you're doing. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. You're being up your own arse. I'm I, just being elitist. I've came out with some fucking bad stuff, man. But like, I don't know. Like it's such a touchy situation. I don't want to make out as if anybody's like this is again going back to last week like Andy's opinion is like totally invalid but like just people are seeming so happy with any old well, bullshit on, right. and it's affecting us no no like we don't get good films because people don't complain no but the thing is right let's I'll tr- like to what to what you were saying Paco right I don't like Arrow or The Flash or Supergirl they're fucking terrible TV but shows the thing is I think they're terrible as well but at the end of the day if folk want to like them and that is their bag then, then it, it is what, what it is. That that's great. Like I've also had that thought as well. It, Power to them, man. I wish I could watch something and enjoy it when it's fucking. No, mince. but the thing, take you, take, <laughs> okay. take you out. It's the like equation. my, it's like my, my, my kind of opinion about my mother's enjoyment of religion. Okay. And that. Do we really want to go down this route? Yeah. We've right. not even scratched the first. We're not even scratched much, but okay. Well, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. Mm-hmm. My mother believes in God because it gives her a degree of comfort. Mm-hmm. So I don't noise her up about it. I just accept it. That's fine. That's yep. also my stance on it now as well. Yeah. Like when I was younger, I used so to think it was like my duty to fucking yeah. try and deconvert people and stuff. Whereas like yeah. now I'm just like, if you want to like believe in God, that is entirely up to you. Yeah. Like as long as you don't. Yeah, I mean. Okay. And now just give her shit for buying yeah. the Daily Mail. So moving. <laughs> I, oh God. Um, so, but again, coming back to what I was saying, if, if folk are positive about stuff and they like it, I know folk that like Arrow and that, and I've chatted to him, but they're like, do you like it? I'm like, no, not really. And I'll tell you why, and I'll give the, my reasons. But at the end of the day, I'm not like, I. that's my like, reasons, and that's why you shouldn't like Arrow. It's more like, that's that. And then another example is my mum really likes the, the TV show Mrs. Brown's Boys, which I think is fucking rank. But I've sat, and my mum will sit, and my mum's your typical kind of, British mum, she likes her crime dramas and her soaps or whatever. She doesn't, she's not really into her films much. 
but I've sat and watched Mrs. Brown's Boys with my mum and I've seen her giggle and chuckle like fuck and she's like, do you know what, that's funny, son? And I'm like, not really, but you know what, I'm enjoying the fact that you're enjoying it. And that, See, that gave me, and mate, I, I got something from that. That's fair enough, but that's like the whole live and let live mentality, which is fair enough. Which is, yeah. And like, I wouldn't have a problem with it if it wasn't for the fact that we don't get good films because why would they put the effort in when lowest common denominator films sell like <laughs> Jurassic World 1 broke a billion didn't it mm, yes like a and that put Colin Trevorrow on the map and like mm-hmm. he was then assigned to Star Wars which now thankfully he's not a part of mm-hmm. like he still has a writing credit in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom yeah uh, and that just proves to me that he should not be allowed near films again yeah ever Paul, Paul W.S. Anderson is the same yeah, for me. But it's they, fucking but, terrible. But you know, they make Resident Evil movies because folk Pe- like them. Yeah, exactly. That's and the whole point, man. It's at like, the end of the day, I'm as, like, as, as, long, if, as long as we are at, like based in a capitalist society where money and art are intermixed, we are always going to just be left with bullshit. And I don't mean to be the, the kind of full stop here, but Paco, see if you don't like something, don't watch it. Yeah, it's cool. Yes. Okay, I guess I'm. I guess I'm going to stop doing this podcast then. There's no, 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 no. Advocate communism. Yeah, I didn't. I don't want to see Jurassic World, right? I didn't, but for journalistic purposes, I did. But I could journalistic purposes. But but I can <laughs> fucking I, I, man. We came up with some elitist bullshit, but that right there, that took the cake. If I wasn't doing this podcast, right, I would not have watched that film. Plain and simple, because I didn't like the first one. I have no interest in watching the second one. But there was nothing else out. So we kind of had to for the purpose of the show. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? It is what it is. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Yeah, I mean, I mean like, we're totally skirting around the yeah, thing. Like, I we're didn't want to watch Sex and City 2 or Twilight, but Twilight was a big fucking thing. So you have to, I was like, well, I have to watch it, have an opinion about it. And I watched it and I didn't like it. But I'm like, well, at least I could say I, I've watched some of it. Same as Harry Potter. Wasn't too crazy about it. Watched the first movie, thought, shit. But then as it went on, I'm like, you know what? Some of this is actually all right. But the point is you can watch something, have an opinion about it. If you don't like yeah, it, then don't abs- fucking bother right. it. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But if folk but like, watch it, then power, the power to them. But but then, my point being, though, Tommy, is that we don't get any good films because there's no point in making good films when crap films sell. We That get, is the point. We get good movies. We just don't get them as often as we like. Like a... Look the Marvel Universe. We get good Marvel movies. Come on, man. Like, Winter Soldier was great. Everything else was like middling to just good I would disagree with like, that like Infinity War was like maybe the second best one of the lot of them like they're all entertaining they're all like roughly good like some of them are shit but like none of them are great apart from Winter Soldier I would disagree with that completely what, what's your thoughts on that Neil? Winter Soldier's the best by far as well. but they are good. I would say that Ant-Man they is a great Marvel movie good films with some great ones mm-hmm. I, 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 I think a lot of them are good. Like I think there are shiters definitely. I think the only great Marvel film is Winter Soldier. But like, I, I, I wouldn't mean, say it's the best one, but it's not great. Guardians of the Galaxy is a great. Uh, Avengers Assemble is a great uh, Marvel movie. They're good. They're definitely good. I remember when Avengers Assemble came out, and you were fucking. You couldn't believe it. You were yeah. in awe of it. Uh, yeah. But now because time has passed and the Marvel movies are just, we're gonna get them all the time. Is it like, <clears> oh well, man, maybe I'm starting to get kind of saturated on this thing. Yeah. I think more so than that, it's just that there's been so many more of them that I didn't really like. Mm. I've always been a bit more down on Marvel stuff than other people on this podcast. I I know a lot of folk that are, they're sick of Marvel. It's like, man, I'm fucking sick of the superhero genre. I have not heard one single 
utter loser. I have. I've heard people saying that like from about seven, seven or eight years ago. Yeah, I am sick okay. of the superhero genre. Yeah. It is saturating the market. I'm sick of it. And my thing to that is, oh, I'm sick of Star Wars. Like, do you know what, man? Don't watch them. If you don't yeah. want, if you don't want to watch them, this is the crux of it. You hate it. They'll stop watch making them if people start going to see them. Yeah, people but, aren't going to stop but, going to see them. So obviously, there's enough people that start uh, them. So that that was like a weird diversion from a uh, Kathleen. Do you feel uh, better now that you got all that off your chest? I mean, a wee bit. I don't okay. know. Like, I just hope that like I said something that like resonated with anybody, man. Like, you guys both seem to be like really dismissive of everything I've just said. Like, a. Uh, so I don't know. Like maybe that's how everybody's gonna react to. Would you know what? Man? Don't get me wrong, man. Like I, I don't think I'm like a big fucking prophet or anything. Like, coming up with some original shit. Like I realize that this is like the sort of stuff you can find on any blog on the internet. No, like, I, I'm not a special you know, person. Not, no, not that. You just you just sounded you sounded like you were angry and fed up and what are we rant about it? And that's your opinion. Just after coming out of a Jurassic World like I'm pretty down on movies as a deal like a you're, you're acting on a raw nerve is that what it's it is? just like just when I think back like fair enough I actually had forgotten about Blade Runner but that was a fucking great film Mate, but well, like honestly what. man like when I was actually on my way home that I was trying to think of like the last film I watched that I thought was great and the only one I could think of was Winter Soldier like there, there are more you just, there, how, there how are many more. years ago was that a lot, but there are more. I guarantee I've seen you really fucking impressed with some films. It's just right now you're just pissed off at what Jurassic World is. It's not just Jurassic World, though. It's like I know you've been a but anyway, I'll tell you what. Films in general. We'll get back to that, right? We'll 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 we'll, we'll, we'll leave that bullet point for Jurassic World, right? Let's carry on with the news. Um, Al Pacino has joined Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, he's going to play a Hollywood agent. Um, and the film is set in LA in nineteen sixty nine. It follows. Uh, a former star of the western of a western TV show, uh, played by Leo DiCaprio, and his former stunt double, played by Brad Pitt, who are struggling to find work. Uh, it includes Margot Robbie, Damian Lewis, and other names are being added uh, to it. So it's gonna be an all star. I'm not. It's a Quentin Tarantino film. It's gonna attract big names. Uh, I mean, could go one way, could go another. Uh, in that one, uh, Val Kilmer has returned for Top Gun Two. Um, no real surprise there, because what else is Val Kilmer doing? Not much. Were you looking for a response? A wee bit, aye. Maybe, maybe you could shed light. Is he, well, is he maybe just cutting about his house playing video games? The last time I seen Val Kilmer was in a very, very terrible film called The Snowman. Uh, oh, their mate Colin Hutchison mentioned that today on a on my Jurassic World post when I talked about like when I think of bad films and when it comes to mind are a Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer, Ready Player One, I Frankenstein. Like any event, have you ever seen the snowman? Is that the fast bender? Yeah, that was. What's that about? You seen it? Have I? I'm sure you see it. I'm sure me, you, me, me, you, and a couple of folk went to see it. It's one where it's it's directed by the guy that did uh, Let the Right One In, um, Thomas Alfredson. Uh, he also did Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, and it's based on a scan. I think it's a Joe Nesbo novel. It's a Joe Nesbo. And it's about a, a, the murder mystery thing. I didn't see that. I saw the trailer for it and thought it looked alright, but then everybody said it was shit. Oh, so I, I thought you were there. I no. was. Oh no, I wasn't. No, I was there with our pal uh, Andrew Craddock, um, and we both fucking hated it. And it is. It's it's awful. I was looking forward to it because I like Alfredson's work, but it was terrible. And even Alfredson's like, we didn't have the budget, and that's why it looks shit and bitty. I was like, oh well. Once the directors. Actually saying it's shit. Well, there you go. Um, Jared Leto is set to get his own Joker film. Why? 
Um, he's executive producing. Um, That's why. Yeah. He's looking for. They're looking for a writer, but as far as I'm aware, there's also under a different DC banner, uh, Joaquin Phoenix is still going to get his Joker film that's going to be written by Todd Phillips, who <sighs> wrote The Hangover uh, and War Dogs and directed both of those films, and it's going to be produced by Scorsese. Um, again, two Joker films in the DC banner. I mean, I, I don't Wh- really know where... Whichever one of those is an Origins film will fail. Okay. It will fail badly. Um, well, I think you should it. change that to whichever one of those films is an Origins film should fail who fucking knows yeah, mm. yeah. Um, I'd be interested to see Joaquin Phoenix's take on the, the Joker um, Incredibles 2 is set to be the biggest pre-sales ticket order for an animated film um, it's been huge huge numbers Not no surprises there it's Pixar uh, and it's going to be uh, the current holder which is Finding Dory which again Pixar so no real surprises there there's a Lego movie too I'll maybe rock that boat. maybe maybe um, uh, the only other bit of news I have is uh, Brian De Palma, his new horror film, um, with the working title Predator, um, is is that about to go? It's inspired <laughs> by the Weinstein scandal, and it's going to be set around uh, the Toronto Film Festival. I've never seen Neil go from like laughing at his own joke to just regretting everything, <laughs> like in such a a small space of time. Mm. Brian De Palma is not the man to handle that story. Fincher is. Yes, I would give that to David Fincher. The reason I would say that is... Man, De Palma's Brian, not made a good film in like 20 years. It's true. <laughs> Brian De Palma is such a mixed bag, but he hasn't made a good movie since, I'll say, Carlito's Way. I'd, I'd probably agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I, can't re- I can't really think of anything after that. Neil's favourite film, Bonfire of the Vanities, was after that. That was before it. That's well before that. It's yeah. a fucking shite on it. Yeah, is, is that actually your favourite film? No, he no, fucking I, he loves the book. I love the book. The, book, he, the book's amazing. And the film is just... It tears... It suits all life out of the book and makes it into a screwball comedy. Whereas the book's a satire, is that yes, right? The, the book is a very, very sharp satire of New York, of being rich, white, Anglo-Saxon Protestant living in New York at that time in the 80s hmm. um, do you guys actually like I don't know if we mentioned this but do you have a favourite film I, I couldn't tell you one I have a few yeah I have a few I, it's, I mean I could give you a, a, a five per genre but that changes all the time anyway like my brother asked me uh, what was my <laughs> he asked me what my top five James Cameron films were and I asked him can I have both Terminators and he went yeah and I was like good because I can only think of four other than that because I mean, yeah, T one, yeah, T one, T two, Aliens, Abyss, True Lies. He hasn't really made a lot of films, and the ones after that, I mean, Titanic technically is a, a well-made film, but I wouldn't say it's a great movie. And Avatar, shite. There's a difference between well-made and good. Technically, let's, it was anyway, a great looking film. Let's get back to the, the news. Uh, that is the news. Uh, we got a lot of trailers to talk about, though. Um, first trailer we're going to talk about is uh, Bumblebee. Um, it, it, I mean, going by the trailer, I don't really know if. It's Neil was saying that they've took the Transformers films off. Uh, who was it? Was it Un- not Universal? Uh, Paramount. Paramount. Yeah, there's a new story a couple weeks ago where Paramount has taken all Transformers, all, all scheduled Transformers films off their upcoming slate. So yeah. there isn't any 
in development or in production at this moment. Yeah, and it's like and for the foreseeable future. Yeah, good. And when you see the trailer, um, Bumblebee's not a bad trailer. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, Bumblebee is not the what was it? It was a a, a Camaro in the film. It was a Camaro in the film. He's back to being a a, 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 a Beetle. Yeah. Like, so honestly, man, see, like I I watched this trailer like expecting just to be like whatever, man, because the Transformer movies are all shit. But like, it actually looks alright. Like, and you can tell it sets itself apart from just even the design of the Transformers and how they transform. Like, it looks much more like, you know, simple. Simple down like the toys. Kind yeah, of well, like, Neil was saying that you, you, it, it looks like proper generation one. Yeah, Neil was saying you were you were saying you you really appreciated the look of Starscream. Uh, it might not be Starscream, just from the colourings. It looked to me. I, I think yeah, whichever one that well. that kind of jet plane is, you get a good close up of it transforming, yeah. and it isn't like a just overcomplicated mess. Yeah, it looks it really looks simple and just. This has got potential again, man. Yeah. Like a, in a way that. You know, do you remember getting excited before the first Transformers movie came out? Oh yeah, the, the first trailer for like the trailer, Transformers yeah. was also amazing. Yeah. Mm. And then, like, I, I think all the trailers for the Transformers movies have that thing where I can sort of go, oh, we watch that. <laughs> I, but yeah, like this, this looks actually alright. Yeah. yeah, but I mean... John Cena's in it as well. Yeah, basically, you don't really see much in the trailer apart from Hayley Steinfeld uh, happens to uh, get Bumblebee as her car Bumblebee transforms um, you see snippets of the military John Cena's there uh, you see snippets of Starscream well we think it's Starscream a very basic trailer um, and it's set in the 80s again my only worry is that we'll do that thing Ready Player One did where it tries to force nostalgia on you but we'll wait and see I'm going to see Hayley Steinfeld she's playing support for Katy Perry which I went to see on my birthday I'm going to stand there and heckle her going you ruined the Pitch Perfect franchise. <coughs> well, there you go. Um, There's something that looks for, for MD at the Katy Perry gig yeah. that Neil goes to. If, you, if, if you, you hear that heckling, it's him. Um, Serenity. Not the um, film Joss based Whedon. on... Yeah, the Joss Whedon film based on his TV show. This is Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway. Neil, do you want to give us a synopsis of the trailer? Nah, not really. But I may as well. Um... Matthew McConaughey runs fishing trips on his boat, um, like kind of shark fishing, it looks like. It's either a South Florida Keys or somewhere in the Caribbean. Uh, Anne Hathaway turns up, talks him into killing her husband. They have the sex, sealing said killing deal. And then it kind of spirals out of control from there. Trailer very reminiscent of like, thrillers like Jagged Edge. And maybe a bit of dead cam, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but not so much. Yeah. Edge. yeah. Um, it's a bad trailer. Did you also think that? I, I uh, like when I see it, it made me think of dead cam, but I think that's just because of the bolts of the murder. I've never seen dead cam or don't even know what it is. I thought this trailer actually looked pretty good. No, see, I think it looks it's a bad trailer for what's probably a good film because it was enough. They give you quite a lot of the kind of setup in the trailer yeah, and it kind of hooked me in but then I felt they kind of gave you a bit too much I think in like, places I'm a bit of a sucker for that like really over pronounced audio cue thing that you get in some trailers like oh. you got it in Insidious where it was like the metronome going and like this one has like the 
fishing wheel. Like you hear it click mm-hmm. once, you see it click once, and then after that, it's like a black screen. You hear the click continue, mm-hmm. and the click kind of goes throughout the, the kind of whole trailer. And like oh. during the kind of moments where it all gets really kind of fucked up, mm-hmm. it starts you know winding fast and stuff to kind of create tension. Like yeah. mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that whole. Like, actually, the trailer in and of itself, mm-hmm. I thought was really well made. Well, see, you know, you're talking about like that kind of cue. Uh, yeah. Did you like that about the next trailer, Suspiria, the remake of Dario Argento's late seventies? Uh, Do you know what? Man, like, I kind of zoned out during the trailer for Suspiria because I was just trying to remember the original. All right. I and like I couldn't really, I, I didn't really pay attention to. It. Like I, I kind of did spend too much time just trying to think of what I thought of the first one, mm. which if I remember right, I didn't really think much of it at all. Mm. Again, a lot of folk would say remaking this film is maybe sacrilege because it is a cult classic uh, amongst a lot of folk. Um, I think that the trailer is actually really good. Um, it definitely has that 70s B-movie feel to it uh, with the wide shots, the soundtrack, some of the audio cues. Um, my only worry is that it's got Fifty Shades of Grey, Dakota Johnson in it, who I don't think is a great actress. So, as in the lead role, so that might be something. Tilda Swinton's in it, which is again, I'm not surprised that. Uh, trailer, I'm quite positive about it. I like the original film, um, and this looks like it's not going to be. I mean, I don't think it'll be hard to separate this from the remake, but it looks like it's going to be the way Let the Right One In is from uh, Let Me In. It's like it's going to be a, almost an unnecessary remake, but a decent one at that by the trailer but we'll trailer makes it look like it's doing enough to separate itself from the original um, with a lot because of the scenes that he's showing mm-hmm. are stuff which wasn't actually in the original so we'll give that a go see what happens what mm-hmm. I will say like uh, I mean the the 70s kind of looking aesthetic of it is something that, that even I noticed during it but like the cinematography in it from the shots in the trailer looks really good like, yeah. it looks like someone's paid a lot of attention to that sort of stuff so like at least if it's not anything else it will be pretty yeah yeah um, that's all I've got to say about it. <laughs> uh, good talk yeah mm-hmm. uh, another well speaking of pretty looking trailers uh, the Lego Movie Part 2 trailer dropped and it looks very fun um, it looks it, it looks like it's maintained the same kind of humour as the first one because it's not Lord and Miller directing this time but I think they're executive producing and they probably co-wrote it as well. Um, and we've seen the trailer, quick synopsis, uh, M. Burkowski uh, and his friends after the events of the first film um, are visited by aliens and um, you get a kind of Lego movie adventure. Uh, yeah, so like that. one of them abducts, what's the girl's name? Oh, fuck, I can't mind. Do you remember her name? No. Anyway, I only watched that Lego movie once and it was a long time ago in my defence but yeah like she gets abducted because she's the best warrior among them mm-hmm. all and then the dude who's played by Chris Pratt whose name I also can't remember Emma Rakowski like uh, he like embarks on a mission to go and save her yeah so it's an um, adventure but like they already showed in the trailer that they were kind of self aware of the fact that like in the first film 
she did all the heavy lifting mm-hmm. and he got all the credit. Mm-hmm. So for them then to make this a movie where she appears to be a damsel in distress, I think isn't going to play out that way. Like no, he he's going to get there to realize that she's taken over or something. Like aye, that's uh, uh, again. I, I think this is in good hands. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was a positive trailer, cool soundtrack. Yeah, um, it's pretty much what you want from a Lego Movie trailer. The Batman, the sorry, the Lego movies so far have been two for two good. So mm-hmm. there's no uh, reason. Lego to, Batman was yeah. really good. Lego Movie was. Uh, what about Lego yeah. Ninjago? The third Lego I didn't movie? see that actually. Like I thought you realised it was out. It's only okay. Are you a fan of Ninjago in t- in general? I know nothing of Ninjago. Right. Apart from why I've seen that movie. <laughs> Could that somehow have coloured your opinion of the movie? If you no, were more invested in Ninjago, would you have uh, that, found that, it better? That deep Ninjago lore? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Because I wasn't invested in Lego lore. Okay. I mean, Lego lore in the first Lego movie is just all of fiction, though. Because <laughs> uh, I remember, was it like Simpsons was in there? I guess Star Wars was in there, wasn't it? Like Batman it was. was in, like, just, you know, what mm-hmm. wasn't in the first one? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like this looks fun. Yeah. Like I didn't think the first one was great again because apparently that's just the pessimistic person that I am now. I um, it was good. It was really good. It was good. Really Wasn't good. great. Um, well, I never seen this trailer, so you might be able to shed some light on it. Um, Spider Verse. This that, that looks good. It. No, I hadn't seen it. Before. I saw that. That does look good. Yeah, I think it looks really good. Uh, so this is an animated Spider-Man movie uh, which seems to star Miles Morales but like he mm-hmm. isn't like actually Spider-Man he's got powers but he's just doing his own thing and then like he comes across what seems to be like our universe's version of Spider-Man who realises that he's the same as him and then he starts training him to be a hero but like it looks like there's a, a wee bit more involved in that like Maybe like our Spider-Man, I'm guessing it's our Spider-Man, isn't quite as straightforward as he appears or something. But like it just looks like a good Spider-Man based caper movie mm. thing. So it's, got very, it's got a very interesting art style to it as yeah. well. Mm. It's very, what would you say, it's kind of cel- cel- cel-shaded yeah. places, got hey, a very this, comic book style to it. This isn't the first time Spider-Man's uh, kind of had that animation style as well. Like There was like a cartoon that came out like in the I want to say like the mid 2000s there was the same I also really enjoyed that as well like did you ever watch that one? there's one which has a lot of episodes where he's got Deadpool that's not the one I'm talking about I own the thing on DVD because like ever since the 90s cartoon I was a massive span, uh, span a massive fan of Spider-Man so like I kind of bought the, the kind of newer animated one I'm looking forward to this yeah I am as well I think it'll be good Sweet. Um, the last animated uh, film trailer that dropped this week was uh, Wreck-It Ralph 2. Um, I like Wreck-It Ralph 1. It wasn't amazing, but I enjoyed it, and this looks like it's going to be fun as well. The first one was a big disappointment. The first one was like supposed to be about video games and toys, and it ended up being about food for like almost the entirety of the film. Okay, yeah. can see your right there. Like, uh, the end credits of Wreck-It Ralph were more enjoyable than the rest of the film. Well, there you go. Um, uh, and after Ready Player One, I'm fucking not looking forward to a film that's just about references. Okay. Um, that's a fair point as well. Um, Widows 
uh, next to her, uh, Steve McQueen, uh, director of uh, 12 Years a Slave. Not the guy from The Great Escape. Yeah, not the guy from The Great Escape that Paco asked about before the show. I was wondering if you were going to out me on that one. I would, absolutely, because it's ridiculous. Why <laughs> um, is it ridiculous? It's got the same been, name. He's been dead for years. Yeah, and like I was kind of confident that that was the case, but at the same time, also confused because his name came up as a director of this. <laughs> Uh, Neil, do you want to take this one? Widows, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right, Widows is a crime thriller. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trailer sets up with Liam Neeson, John Berenthal, uh, couple of guys I can't remember, uh, their wives, uh, Viola, Dav- Viola Davis, um, Michelle Rodriguez, Michelle Rodriguez mm-hmm. um, and the guys pull off a heist and then get slaughtered by the police. And this is all in the trailer, so this is no yeah, spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that causes Viola Davis and uh, Michelle Rodriguez um, to get their shit together mm. and go on a rampage of destruction. Yeah, like they, they pull off a heist. Yeah. See, just to go back to the conversation we had earlier about diversity and how it's quite often shoehorned into something, that trailer like felt like everything was done right. Yeah. Like, uh, it looks really good. Like, it doesn't look like it was made for an agenda, mm-hmm. like the all-female Ghostbusters thing, no, which, again, just... was a terrible movie, but didn't deserve anywhere mm-hmm. near as much hate as it got just because it had a women, uh, female cast. Uh, this looks good. It yeah. looks really enjoyable. It looks like a really solid, like, a crime thriller. Well, it's which... written by it from the woman that wrote Gone Girl, which, mm-hmm. which also really gives good. it some pedigree. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um last trailer we're going to talk about is uh, Halloween. Uh, the trailer dropped today um, from I think it's Seth Gordon that is directing and it is co-written by Seth Gordon and Danny McBride which again when that was announced was quite surprising given that they're known more for their uh, comedy but the this is a sequel directly from Halloween 1 sorry no, you said as well as I could say. From yeah. Halloween 1, yes. not from Halloween it, 2. It follows on directly from the end of Halloween 1. Yeah. Which is where I have two... Well, Andrew, tell the synopsis first, then well, I'll have my two questions. Actually, like, before you tell the synopsis, that's weird because then Halloween 1, his body disappears, and that leads straight right. on to Halloween 2. Yes. Tell the synopsis, then we'll deal with this. Okay, so the synopsis is, um, it's set 40 years after... Um, the events on in Haddonfield, where Michael Myers, uh, spoilers, but I mean it's four years old, unsuccessfully tries to kill his sister Laurie Strode. Um, and Get, gets shot by his therapist. That's a point to bring up. Yeah, the... he gets shot by uh, Doctor Loomis, uh, and he's captured he's captured and he's put in jail. Uh, Forty years on uh, from that night, um, it looks as if the two folk are visiting them in the pen the penitentiary, uh, to basically see what's happening and then while that goes on we cut back to Haddonfield where they talk about how Halloween is celebrated and that story still goes about and Jamie Lee Curtis Laurie Strode um, has been I prefer to call her Sarah Connor yeah Laurie, <laughs> Laurie Strode has basically been preparing in case Michael ever got out she's been like training with guns and knives and whatnot. and then in the trailer uh, Michael, Michael escapes and so we get uh, a, a return spree of killing from Michael uh, in Haddonfield, and it's going to be like a sh- it looks as if it's going to be an ultimate showdown between him and his sister, uh, Laurie Strode. Again, it looks kind of like if 
if Halloween was alien, this is aliens to that. It's very much, it looks not so much, well, I mean, there's definitely horror elements, but it looks a lot more action-based. Action, yeah. yeah. They, they would do that for the trailer, though, right? Yeah, well, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I think this is where we're at with modern horror. Yeah, I mean, this is a sequel that nobody asked for. I mean, the Halloween franchise should should have I mean it kind of it did die. Well, it was it died <coughs> and then it was rebooted and then it was dead because those films were terrible. Thanks very much, Rob Zombie. Fuck you. Um, what if this was like a sequel to Rob Zombie's Halloween? I wouldn't be. I would watch it. I'm going to eat it. Um, <laughs> anyway, Neil, your questions. So now, when I posted this trailer earlier, I kind of said that I had two questions. The first being, if this is a direct sequel, the end of Carpenter's Halloween is he gets shot by Loomis, falls out the window, and then disappears into the night. Mm -hmm. They're saying in this one that he gets shot by Loomis and then captured. Mm -hmm. At what point is he getting captured? I mean, are we to ignore the end? No, to, to be fair, like we'll Halloween ends, like you see that kind of spot where his body was, then it's like fucking credits instantly, right? Yeah, then Halloween there's, 2. Yeah, there, there's nothing, I suppose, if you don't take Halloween 2 into account, there's nothing to say that the police didn't just find him. Right, okay, well, well this, this now leads to my second question. Okay. This is a direct sequel. Is this not Halloween 2? Well, again, this is this is why I would ask, right? Good point. They, they, they do say, given that Halloween two occurs on the same night of Halloween one, mm -hmm. and they say in the trailer, Loomis shot him and uh, he captured him. I mean, <coughs> yeah, at the end of Halloween two. Well, that's the thing. Is How, Halloween two ends where she shoots him in both his eyes. Uh, Halloween then, 2 ends with an explosion. Yeah, like, she shoots him both his eyes and escapes the room, then the hospital blows up. Loomis uh, helps blow up the hospital. Again, this is what, this would be my question, is, yeah, they're saying Loomis shot him and he was captured. Was he captured immediately after that, or was he captured after what happened in the hospital? I want to know, Tommy. Well, yeah, that's like, what I'm saying, like, is like... I suppose the only real question you're right is, like, are you guys, do you find this an acceptable reset? Like, are all the previous Halloween films... Like, did they muddle the timeline and become so stupid that, like, a reset was required? Or I, I'm fine for this to be a, <coughs> to be a direct sequel. Mm. I just want to know those two things. Yeah. Um, if the film addresses that clearly, then it'll... it'll, it'll I think the film has to show you that... I think for modern audiences, it maybe needs to start with the end of Halloween 1. And kind of show you the even character. have that while the credits yeah. start. Yeah, yeah. Like my only issue with this, like I'm not like a huge Halloween fan. Like I'm not a huge horror fan in general, but like I actually do generally think that the films are all right, and I like how Jamie Lee Curtis is in most of them, and how her character evolves throughout them. Like even Halloween H two O, I thought was pretty good. Like it, it does that same thing that Scream does, where like the victims really become empowered by like the kind of later films in the season. Uh, the in the, the franchise like I, and I know the Scream films are like generally seen as being quite shitty I've always had a soft spot for them but like this Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie seems like the Jamie Lee Curtis that would have been in all those other films rather than like just the first one then this do you it's, know what I mean it's, like her character feels weathered yeah like mm -hmm. a like she's been through this shit a million times like Neil was saying as, I, like, oh, as I'd like to call her Sarah Connor 
And it's funny because see, when I was watching, I was like, yeah, that's the say that that's the say that Connor we never got and we should have got after yeah. Terminator. Yeah. Uh, or if we if we were make if we were make a film between T one and T two is like that would be the Sarah Connor we see in training and getting ready for fucking when the shit's about to hit the fan, which is what Laurie Strode seems to be doing, and it seems like a natural progression for her character. My my problem with the trailer when I watched that second time is, and this will be my old man shouts yells at cloud moment, <laughs> is that it just with going, <clears throat> sorry, with going in what seems like. A very action-oriented uh, direction. Mm-hmm. It's foregoing what made the original yeah, good, like the tension, the, build, and the, the building up of tension, the building up of suspense. Um, this has got gunfights. It's got uh, Laurie Strode chasing Michael Myers about the house by the looks of it. Mm. It's got Michael Myers kind of chasing down people. <laughs> Uh, it just it seems it's there's building tension in horror films um, it's it's quite a difficult thing to do and it's what makes the Certainly great horror films what they are yeah. and we've just and you've seen it because when you were at Literary for Dare you were in the Last Strangers movie horror just it's it's fallen foul to that bite size Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of information. Everything's rapid fire, mm. and making good horror films is a lost art. Yeah, unless you're unless you're from Japan or Korea, they seem to still have uh, brilliant yeah. horror films. They seem to uh, just seem to produce really good. Or I mean, uh, you get the occasional James Wan effort like The Conjuring or whatever. But yeah, I know what you mean. I think though, like there's, I, I wouldn't like write this off though like I, not, I got I'm the impression from, from that trailer it could very well be quite a slow paced build up movie and then like we just saw a lot of the third act because mm, uh, like there's there looks like a lot of bits that could be like genuinely tense like the the scene where he's in the cupboard and the, the babysitter tries to close the door and doesn't shut mm. like you know that that could be something that happens like quite early on I, I suppose it depends on it depends how, on how quickly he escapes. Ex- exactly what I was going yeah. to say. It depends on how fast he gets out of the penitentiary and like how much of it is the whole cat and mouse thing between him and his sister. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, I think that he needs to escape the penitentiary pretty quickly because the if you dwell too much in that and he gets out like in the middle of the film, it's like... Yeah, it's like the yeah. The, yeah. the film is about him going back to Haddonfield to make to face his sister. It's like the 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 two folk who are studying him, turning up, showing him the mask, and then being and again it's in the trailer them them being killed. That needs yeah. to happen pretty quickly. It'll be like all the difference between him being like an iconic thing that people think about and worry about in real life, mm-hmm. or a disposable villain who like had half an hour of constant action and was disposed of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Which, like, I mean, you're very within your rights to be worried that it's the latter, yeah. okay? Mm-hmm. I would hope that it's not. Well, did you say it was Danny McBride was involved? Yeah, Danny McBride and Seth, and Seth Gordon are are um, co-writing it and Seth Gordon's directing it. I must say, I do find it interesting, the, the way the trailer is ultimately, ultimately kind of portrays Laurie Schroed as being the aggressor in the whole thing. Yeah. 
Viral by the end of the trailer. Yeah. See, like, again, I'm interested to see what that dynamic is like. Just to completely discredit like any of my opinions even further though, like that's what I really liked about Screen Four was <laughs> how like uh, the was it what was her name? Was it Cindy? What was her name? Uh, Cindy Cam, uh, Cindy Campbell. Is that uh, you talk about uh, Neve Campbell? Neve Campbell. Uh, uh, Cindy. It was Cindy. Oh, Sydney. 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 Yeah. But like, what was her fucking second name? In in the fourth in the fourth film though, like there's like stuff where people get attacked and she sees the killer and like she doesn't do any of the victim routine stuff she fucking runs headlong at the killer to boot fuck out them mm. like I love that like Scream 4 is totally one of my guilty pleasures actually the entire Scream franchise is I love them all <laughs> okay Jesus even the third one the, the third one is third the weakest the but it, it still has good things about it was it Scream? I would rather watch Urban Legend too. Was it Scream Four where you uh, decided to terrorise two folk uh, in the screen? That you it know was. Yeah. It was. Yeah, they were yeah. fucking. You can uh, you can tell that story. Go for it. When I worked in the the cinema, there was like two girls in watching Scream Four, and I could tell like they were sitting in the row in front of me uh, as I was in checking the screens, and I could tell that they were like both really fucking scared. So like I, I kind of went up behind them, and I just really really kind of slowly put my hands on the shoulder and went, ah! And, like, the fucking woman screamed like no one's business, man. So what you're saying is, Paco, you went and touched those women without their consent? That's exactly what happened, Neil. Yeah, I will be have a BuzzFeed article. Do you know what, man? They enjoyed it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to jail now. Yeah. I, no, come on, it was, fun. it was funny. Like, yeah. I used to do stuff like that quite a lot. Like, you just I, be judged on Twitter. Probably. I, luckily... We only get about fifty listens a week, so <laughs> I think I can take like the the hate from a couple of people. No, but, like I, I think stuff like that adds to the stuff. I mean, obviously it wasn't like a, a total CD thing. It wasn't like I was mm. trying to pair or that. It was just funny. Um, and that's your story. Your honour. Sticking to it. <laughs> hey, is that all the trailers? Uh, yeah. A, a very nice pirouette there by Tommy to get back on his seat. Uh, so, so we want to talk about Blue Velvet. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about David Lynch's nineteen eighty six uh, opus. Do you think that's his opus? Mm, I don't know. Maybe Twin Peaks is his opus. But I, I would, I would say that's the. But, case. Um, Blue Velvet's definitely it's probably his best film. It's a seminal classic. Yeah, I'd go with that. Um, do you guys want to hear my opinion on this? Or? No, I actually do want to hear your opinion because. Well, let's get this not. I, I don't. I don't think it'll be as bad as I think. Yeah. Right, right Neil. Be. Do you want to go with the synopsis and then we'll hear Paco's opinion? Blue Velvet is set in 1950s America, though there are moments in it where it weirdly looks like the 80s still. Uh, a small town called Lumberton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of these <clears> towns <throat> of white picket fences, local police, and local uh, firemen that wave to the yeah. citizens. America's... Americana at its best. Yeah, it's period of growth after the yeah. war. Yeah. Uh, so, Kyle McLaughlin, um, whose character name is totally... It's like Jonathan or something like that. It's not. It's something like that. That's totally disappeared from my head. It will come back to you. Jeffrey. Jeffrey Beaumont. Jeffrey Beaumont, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Big Jeffrey Beaumont, right? His dad has what looks... Like a stroke, yeah. But you never really find it. Whereas, yeah, it, you look, it looks as if he's been stung by something that then brings on a stroke. Yeah, uh, like a bee or something. Yeah. Or, um, 
So he goes to visit his dad in the hospital and his dad just makes gurgling noises at him. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when he's walking back to his house through this field, which uh, kind of is in the local area behind his house, he's throwing rocks at a steel can Mm -hmm. and he finds an ear. A severed human ear. Yes. And as you can expect, this ear takes him down into the dark underworld, the seedy underbelly that lies beneath. This, the American dream. Yeah, this perfect uh, town. Um, but yeah, and it was very much becomes this noir, m- like mystery. Well, the whole films are a love letter to like noir movies. Yeah, is that what it is? Is yeah. it absolutely? Uh-huh. Um, I mean, even even the style, <laughs> the style of the shots, the wee, kind of wee shadowy cinematography. It's all there. You can. I mean, there's even times where yeah, the woodenness of the acting. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you see, like uh, parts where Jeffrey's uh, granny and his mum are watching what looks like to be noir television, and you, you can even see that kind of mirroring some of the scenes uh, that happen in the film. But yeah, so that's pretty much it. It leads Jeffrey into basically a kidnapping mystery, um, and I don't really want to say any more than that because that's all you need to know. And then I approach the film just knowing that. But you guys both love it, basically. I think it's a really good movie. Do you want to do you want to hear the review I wrote for it on Letterboxd before we start talking about it? You wrote a review on Letterboxd? Yeah. Nerd! Do you want to hear the review I wrote? Well, why not? I'll, I'll just say this. The Blue Velvet <coughs> is a film which I watched a lot while I was in university. And I mean, that ties into what and, I say in the review. And, and means <laughs> a lot because of the people who I watched it with. Okay. So I have emotional connection to that. So I'm going to start with a disclosure that I fucking hate David Lynch. I have no tolerance for his just absolutely fucking pretentious bullshit. It's the stuff I really like. Like, I like Twin Peaks. <laughs> I do not like anything else of his that I've watched. Twin Peaks which, is like, full of pretentious bullshit. Through, yeah. Through the, yeah, but Twin Peaks works because it's just like... So does Blue Velvet. It's off-kilter enough to make it interesting. So does Blue Velvet. I don't, think Blue, I don't think Blue Velvet is, but we'll get to that. But like you, over the years, like I mean, me and uh, Neil and Tommy all used to live together. Like, and like Neil tried to get me into David Lynch stuff. Like The reason I have watched as much Lynch stuff as I have done is because of Neil. Uh, and that includes Blue Velvet this week. Like, I would not have went to this unless you asked me to go, uh, which you did. Um, like, I've got a history of just not liking it, though. Even, like, was it Wild at Heart or Crazy Heart or something? What's it called? Wild at Heart. Like, uh, that was... Nick Cage, Laura Dern. That was, like, one of the ones you kind of said was, like, a lot less pretentious and more of a straightforward thing, and I still didn't really get on well with that one either. There was, like, moments of levity in it that I remember mm-hmm. kind of thinking were all right. But, like, I hated Mulholland Drive... I thought it was just really dull. I, you don't like June. I fucking despise June. June. We spoke about that before mm. on that's the show. That's understandable. Mm. I, <laughs> so like my letterbox review of Blue Velvet. And like, I, I'm hamming this up a bit. Like I, Do you rip off space in the thing? Or you? I, no, I, no, I, no, I don't. I but like I did, I did have that running through my mind as we were watching the film. I, so I gave it two and a half stars. Fuck off. I, out of five. Fuck off. And my review goes, it's not as wanky or shit as some of his other wanky shit, but by God, is it fucking boring. Uh, it is the most basic detective storyline of all time, where almost the entire situation is exposed near the start, while Kyle McLaughlin hides in a wardrobe. He doesn't actually do any sleuthing in this film. I get why some people, especially film students, say that they like it since it's shot in a way that suggests hidden meaning, and is, the acting is off enough to seem intentional, but I found it to be lacking any real depth. 
What do you mean he doesn't do any sleuthing? He doesn't. Yes, he he does. doesn't do a fucking thing. Tell like, me. he finds that ear by chance, right? Mm-hmm. Laura Dern then tells him where the apartment is. He breaks into the apartment, which could be considered sleuthing, but, like, all he does is hide in the wardrobe. No, he goes Every single plot beat is explained to him while he's in that yeah. cupboard. To, to be fair, he does Dern not does do anything. He doesn't do anything in this whole film. He goes this in with the, the bug spray. Gets the keys. Yeah, but that's he breaks into he, an apartment. That's not sleuthing. But like the the entire plot for the film, like as you guys said, it is like a it's hard. It's supposed to be a noir, a noir detective film, but it's so basic. It doesn't have any twists or turns. Like they tell you at the start that like she's involved in this case because they have her a uh, husband and child, and Frank's a dickhead. And then the entire movie is Frank being a dickhead. And it's like, he finds where the child's being kept, not through investigation, but because Frank kidnaps him and takes him there. And then, like, at the end of this film, I get the impression that everything would have worked out exactly how it worked out anyway if Kyle MacLachlan wasn't even in the movie. Because, like, the police are already involved and, like, his partner's involved and they're doing sting operations and stuff. And, like, that kind of Mr. Gordon guy, the yellow jacket guy, like a, you know... Is that cop? Yeah, exactly. That's my point. It's like... Kyle McLaughlin tells the guy that he's involved. The, does he? Yes. It's, does he even? Yes, yes he, does. he does. He says he gets trusted. It just seems like that whole movie was an attempt yeah, at a detective a scene, film. But there's like, a scene where Kyle McLaughlin was in his motor, staking out, taking photographs, doing some sleuthing. Uh, but what does that achieve? Those are the Evidence. pictures that he gives to Lord Downs' dad, who's opposed to Evidence. show... To put him on the path. To, to put him right, on okay, the path and show okay. his partner like, is involved. It just felt... So, don't get me wrong, man. Right, that As I said, that letterbox review, like I was kind of hamming it up a bit. Like This movie isn't as bad as I was expecting. Like uh, It started off really promising. Like I, I wasn't sure if the actual song Blue Velvet was going to be in it or not. The first time I played it over the opening intro with like those really, really stylized shots of like the flowers in the blue sky and the perfect kind of suburban mm-hmm. American kind of just life. Yeah, was all really cool. And like that kind of shot of the fire truck coming in with the fireman on it, like again, just seeming, like a postcard. seeming really odd. Like, you know, like he's looking at us like and he's waving. For America. And I was like, this is going to be like Twin Peaks good. This is going to be like full of really intriguing stuff. And then like when the dad gets hit by the, the kind of wasp and falls over and like the dog rather than kind of like you know rather than kind of playing that scene mega serious it's like played for comedy because the dog is just trying to get the water from the hose and then it kind of cuts to like the kind of close shot of all the beetles scurrying around with that kind of mm-hmm. noise I was like man this is going to be really interesting and then the movie actually starts with Kyle MacLachlan throwing stuff at stuff for no reason and just happens to find an ear and takes it to the police and then it's like from that moment on it was like as soon as Kyle McLaughlin became the focus, which is about five minutes out of the film, I lost interest. And I'm not sure how much of that is because I've been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and he's in it and he's terrible. I, I just think he's a fucking really bad actor and to be the focus of this is like... I'll give you that. Yeah, he's, he's like, you know... Told you his finest moments in the fun stuff. <clears throat> but it's just... Overall, like, my biggest problem with it is just the lack of complexity in it. Again, like, Mulholland Drive... 
is like touted as being this amazing movie and it was just fucking dull nothing happens in it then the end doesn't make any sense let's stick with Blue it's Velvet like, yeah like Blue Velvet's the same though it's just like so basic and like I disagree don't get me wrong like there are moments where it is way visually distinct like all the close ups what's the actress's name the one who sings Blue Velvet Isabella Rossellini like all the close ups are like a, the kind of upside down shot of her mouth with the lipstick and stuff when like she kind of what's, I can't remember what she says now man and those slap bits, me hurt me hit me, hit me. like uh, those bits are like mega memorable like they stick in my head like a lot like it's really visually impressive but then like you've got like all those and granted this might just be like really dated now all those moments where it well the two moments where it cuts to like slow motion with a really cheesy like lion roar sound effect uh, like during the sex scene with uh, Kyle McLaughlin and the sex scene or rape scene with Frank like uh, Dennis Hopper as well apparently got nominated for uh, I was wrong fucking... he got nominated for a Golden Globe not an Oscar I apologise his performance is shit in this he is one of the worst things about that film like the two strongest things in this movie for me were what was her name Isabella Isabella Rossellini she was excellent and Laura Dern was surprisingly really good in this. Everybody else was so flat and rubbish. Like, just David Lynch's, like, direction of telling everybody just to act a bit off, like everybody's a Stepford's wife, a Stepford's wife robot, does not sit well with me at all. But you like Twin Peaks? Twin Peaks is, like, really interesting, though. Like, Twin Peaks is, you like... You know the acting's like that. Yeah, but, like, at the same time, it's, like, constantly layering things on, like, and granted, uh, I was talking to uh, my workmate Andy, who apparently now listens to the show. Hi, Andy. Uh, about Hi, Twin Andy. Peaks earlier. Like, I only watched season one of that show. I didn't see all the Bob ghost stuff possession bullshit that came into it. That happens in season one. I, I might not even have seen the end of season one then. Um, but, like, con- twin, twin Peaks was, like, just constant layers upon layers of just intrigue. Like it had, maybe because it was a TV show, it had the time to be complex. Like Blue Velvet's just like, by the eighth time you hear that song, I was like, just fucking cut it out, man. I find find it very interesting you read that film as a detective movie. You you said it was a detective movie when you were giving a synopsis? The the detective movie is it's, here's it's MacGuffin. That's what the The, whole film was? No, the film... Jeffrey Beaumont goes on quite the journey. He goes. From it's a bit like Jeffrey Beaumont is the, is the avatar for America, for the American, the American dream. He's young, he's at co- he's a college kid. Comes from a really nice family in the suburbs. Everything's lovely. Yeah, he's well mannered. He's well mannered. Like him. Um, the whole film is about his descent into this underbelly of society mm. that. Effects. is hidden mm-hmm. from him mm-hmm. and how that then affects him mm-hmm. and how he becomes this this darker character mm-hmm. like for so much so long in that film he's resisting the, this whole uh hitner aspect yeah yeah because he's a good he's a boy because he's a good guy he's mm-hmm. he's the hero of the story mm-hmm. but as as it progresses and shit around him gets it ever more fucked up by his own doing because he can't drag himself out of this hole yeah he's too intrigued it's it's about how he reaches that point where you get to the point at the end spoilers for Blue Velvet it's ancient it is yeah it's really old that's where, why like, I wasn't bothered about spoilers where he's able to then pull the trigger and kill Frank because mm-hmm. he's got to that point where he's been beaten down so many times by it mm-hmm. but and, like 
to me that just felt I, I didn't feel that as like a character kind of arc though because anybody cornered in that situation would do the same thing though right like we're not killers no, but being if I was cornered by somebody who I knew was out to murder me in a room with a cop and a man who are already dead but, I think but, but I would be able on. to do what he did. No, like, but hold on, right? Just how he's driven to that yeah. point. Like, like I would say, Beaumont from that point, right? <clears throat> see, remember at the start of the film when he's hiding, he's hiding in the closet, right? And he's, I mean, you see him. He's actually get. I mean, there's a scene where he's traumatized about things, or where he actually starts crying and weeping hmm. about what's going on, and then come like the point where Frank kidnaps him, and he's a terrified wee boy, and then he sees what's going on with Isabel Rosling, and he actually strikes Frank. And then it comes to a point that where, was a good punch. And then, yeah, and then it comes to a point where he has to outsmart Frank, and then it kind of goes back to him hiding in the closet. But when he emerges from the closet, he's somebody yeah. different. And even the film, like you ever talk about the, the, the CD underbelly, and we wouldn't do that. The fact that the film is set in the fifties is really interesting as well, because all that shit never really happened. Like that, like yeah. the, the idea of this perfect Americana, everything is not just dandy, and you've got this underbelly going on. That with the intriguing mystery of where does Severed Ear come from, you can't help but be intrigued. And even Laura Dern, but is like the, the of, mystery of the Severed Ear is literally explained ten minutes later. Because yeah, it's Neil said it's, just, it's a MacGuffin. It's not really about. That. I know, like the just honest to fuck, it felt like there wasn't enough going on in this movie for my. I mean, if I, if I was to like, criticize the film, the only thing I would say is, come the end of the film where you see like Isabella Rossellini like cuddling her kid, and I'm like. She would be uh, have some kind of psychiatric care. Yeah. The the other thing I would say about it is like I'm really glad I watched it. Uh, I said this to you when we were leaving Cineworld. Like this is one of those movies. Like I've watched a lot of films in my time. I would consider myself quite into films, but like this is one of those movies where after watching it, so many references that happened mm. in other films made sense again. This like I don't even know if it's like fully intentional, but like the start of this movie when like he's like starting his kind of relationship with Laura Dern, a mm-hmm. uh, Sandy, like that was very reminiscent to me of Donnie Darko. I realised it's probably intentionally that the other way around. Mm-hmm. Like Donnie Darko was like probably trying to give you vibes of Blue Velvet during those sequences when yeah. I Donnie, surprised Donnie and his uh, girlfriend are walking towards school. A mm-hmm. uh, like all that stuff like was really enjoyable to watch. It was like it felt like other films that I really like. Uh, now made a bit more sense. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can totally appreciate the, its impact. And again, as you guys were saying earlier, if other people enjoy this movie, then power to them, man. Like I can fucking totally get that. Like I uh, just for me, it felt like you were bored and yeah, you weren't that interested. It just okay. It was just too pretentious for my liking. Um, and it's like in a way that like Spring Breakers is also. You know, like Blue Velvet, Blue Velvet, and Spring Breakers are really, really closely tied in my mind now, because uh, they both made me feel the same by the end Still of it. Still haven't seen Spring Breakers, but I'm, I am curious. I enjoyed Spring Breakers. Um, well, you you thought Blue Velvet was quite boring. I, I don't think it's terrible. I just I can appreciate a lot of it. It's just not for me. Well, that brings us to. The film of the week, well, the film of the week, which we are going to review when you talk about boring. Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Um, boring isn't the word I would use to describe it. It's quite boring. Because Stupid is. That's a, that's an word I would use. That's an that's an word I'd use for it. Jurassic World: The Fallen Kingdom it is it is the <laughs> follow up to Jurassic World. Colin Trevor we mentioned him earlier. Colin Trevor was um, 
piece of shit wrapped up nostalgia uh, reboot of the Jurassic Park series. Um, made a lot of money, made a lot of people happy. I wasn't a big fan of it. This is the sequel. Uh, quick synopsis. Can we just say it from the outset as well? We're going to talk about it as much as we can without spoilers. But then we but will like, spoil There it. is so much about this film that we need to spoil, like uh, to mm-hmm. talk about it at yeah. any kind of length. So like we'll tell you when we're going to spoil it. Mm-hmm. If you want to bow out the episode, then that yeah. is your But problem. we will we'll give you an indicator. <clears throat> I promise nothing. Yeah, well, the synopsis being is that um, from the last film, uh, Jurassic World has been decimated, uh, yet um, the dinosaurs are still on that island, and um, Bryce Dallas Howard and her group of... I don't, I don't want to say... Let, let's just call them Peter. Because that's who they are. Yeah, her, I would have just said millennials. Well, uh, that is well, millennial, that's... Pe- millennial, millennial Peter, whatever Peter, whatever you want to call him. Basically, um, are concerned because the island um, has got a volcano that has become active, and they really need to. They're really concerned about uh, the dinosaurs and rescuing them. Nobody wants to help them, but then in comes a millionaire um, who says uh, he will help, but um, they need they need it. They, they're gonna give the animals an island of sanctuary um, and there's a particular species that they've been getting uh, they don't have a raptor yet so enter Chris Pratt who trained the raptors from that and then they go off to do this rescue mission and not everything is it seems um, is it's that the yeah I mean like Jurassic World was a soft reboot of Jurassic Park like it hit a lot of the same notes and was completely at its worst when it did the fan service stuff or like do you remember this sequence and Jurassic Park here is again but done shit yeah. uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom follows that tradition yeah. where this is a soft reboot of Jurassic Park 2 the lost whatever the fuck it was called Lost, lost World, World. Uh, and a bit of Jurassic Park 3 as well so much that happens in this movie was just this happened before do you remember that well here it is but shit yeah. in the trailer for this film um, everything in the trailer you see in the film there are no surprises that was that there's no drama for me, and there's oh, no yeah, surprises. The, tra- the trailer takes it from start to finish. Yeah, it's like moving. yeah, the reveal of the villain is in the trailer. It's like you're like yeah, we, we know that uh, we know what's happening here with this guy, and that's the villain, and this is what's going to happen. And then the second trailer went even further to explain so, what happens in the third act. So can I just say like from the trailer, I actually kind of had a little bit of hope that it was going to be all right because it looked like a proper monster movie where like the what the fuck did they call it the indie raptor or oh, something the raptor like uh, it looked like it had like some kind of personal like attachment to the little girl in it yeah. so like i thought it was going to be like that sort of kind of personal movie where like it's almost stalking her yeah but, uh, but in the end it became bargain yeah, hunt with it just, dinosaurs it was pretty terrible all around man <laughs> so like yeah it, it starts off much like jurassic park 2 the lost world where there is a team who are there to try and help the dinosaurs, and there are a team who are there who try and capture the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And also Jurassic World Three, sorry, Jurassic Park Three. Sorry. Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park Three is like a million, a millionaire, a like was going to that thing on a sightseeing tour, and his kid got stranded on the island, so they had to uh, oh, get Sam Neill Sam to, to go with them to try and get the kid back. Yeah. And then a well, big stupid Spinosaur thing ate a satellite phone 
and then like it kept appearing at random points through the film, mm. like actively hunting them as an antagonist, which was just shit. Yeah, right. I um, mean, I don't. I mean, you're right, like, I mean, I think that's basically what it is. Uh, again, it's all in the trailer, like yeah. the whole. Oh, we were lied to, and this is not the case. Yeah, it's, it's all like in beat, the trailer. beat for beat, like the Lost World, except for like right. that whole kind of thing happens in the first act of this movie, mm. and then like the rest of it is all set on mainland America in somebody's fancy manner. It's like dino uh, places. But like it's the worst the worst fucking setting for this yeah. thing was like So that is I mean we can't really talk anymore about it without spoiling it. But that's that's the film. Um the, no, I think there's more to be said. Without without, without pretty yeah, much just, telling the whole film, yeah, like yeah. Uh, there's can, stuff can you can say, say just in general terms. That like, yeah, like Chris Pratt's really disappointing in it. I thought he was the best thing in it. He's the best thing in it, but he's still quite disappointing. Uh, yeah, because of because he's a slave to that mm-hmm. terrible script. Mm-hmm. And like uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is a deer in the headlights. I don't her know how her character, as much as like the first film was terrible, like the first rebooted film was terrible. Mm-hmm. Like her character in this one is nothing like that character. Yeah. Like, just, there's a complete disconnect between what she was doing in that other film and this one. Uh, she's also just really uninteresting in this mm-hmm. one. Like, uh, she's essentially there to be the, the kind of catalyst that sets everything off because, like, she has the biometrics they need in order to be able to track the dinosaurs. She that's the MacGuffin part, but that's why she she's... She also never blinked. Mm. <clears throat> like, I think she's a really good actress as well. Like, I think that... Uh, I, no, I honestly, agree, I, I agree with the face. It's like, what? I've I've had a soft spot for her ever since the village. Like, I think she was great in it. Right. I, yeah. <laughs> you guys are laughing at me, right. but like, I'm laughing at him. Ever since then, like, whenever she's in something, like, I tend to pay more attention. Like, I like her. I think she is. Well, she did so in. balls in this. Like, she was in one of the Spider-Man films, wasn't she? Yeah, and she was garbage in it. Uh, and was she, the was, she, garbage was, she was Gwen Stacy, and she died pretty much immediately. She no, she didn't die. Sorry, she didn't die in Spider Man Three, or did she? Nah, she gets. She nearly gets craned, but she didn't get craned. Did she not get killed? No, nah. she nearly gets, she... gets a crane on her, but Spider Man saves her. And... Yeah, because she's not a proper character in the story. She's just been shoehorned in. Yeah. yeah. So Kirsten Dance can be a bit. Oh, who's she? Um. Yeah. So, in general terms as well, this is like one of the most unforgivable things in horror for me. Uh, like the reason I don't like a lot of horror movies is because people are fucking morons in them and like it's really hard to be on the side of the people who are trying to survive when everybody just makes fucking dumb decision after dumb decision yeah. this film is rife with that oh, I, like uh, I. almost at every turn the people in it are just doing things that nobody would do yeah. I, I will go into that <coughs> when we come to the spoiler but, but yeah I agree with you though um, this was I, I didn't expect much. I watched it. It was worse than what I thought it was going to be. And folk that liked Jurassic World, who I spoke to, they didn't even like it. I haven't heard one positive review of this Never show. Never But what I will say is, like, I went into this with, like, really low expectations because everybody has been so down on it. Mm-hmm. But, like, that first act where they've got the whole set up and then them on the island, I actually enjoyed that. It's it's from the moment that they find Blue, which is the raptor that Chris Pratt's yeah, there yeah. for. From that moment onwards, it becomes so fucking shit. The only bit I liked was the the first five ten minutes where there there's folk going to the island at night time and they're going to retrieve a bone, 
and they leave. Yeah, that, that, that stuff was set, good. I was but, actually quite excited. I was like, you set a nice man. tone here. It reminded me a wee bit of like the, fir- the, the first five, ten minutes of Jurassic Park. We're like, okay, we've set a nice wee tone here. That's fine. All, and then almost immediately after that, the film nosedives. All that intro bit done for me was made me think of Deep Blue Sea. Oh, yeah. Like, all it done. That's, like, all I could think about during that whole sequence. Like, I I thought it was really shittily done. Everything about it was pretty bad at the start. Because, like, these people... Like, I realised that, like, they are... Like, maybe, like, a group of people who are out of their depth. But they've went to this island that they know is infested with dinosaurs. And, like, just kind of make out as if everything's going to be dead. Uh, So, like, they don't have any precautions at all. Like... And they all just get ripped apart for it, and you just like that. That does set it up for the rest of the film, though, because uh, like nobody makes any wise decisions mm-hmm. at any point during the movie yeah. from that point onwards, or doesn't figure stuff out that's so obvious yeah. to even us, the audience, uh, or make catastrophic decisions. So mm. yeah, like, is there much more we can say about it? I uh, like just. This is like another one of those films that like relies so heavily on films that came before it to the point where you're just like fucking just give it a rest. And, like, yeah, again, um, that was like one of my main problems with the Jurassic World uh, reboot was it was oh remember dinosaurs remember remember Jurassic Park remember Jurassic Park masking the fact that the film had like what, why are they doing that and why are they doing that it it really or I mean if I mean I know folk liked it and you know if they liked it that's fair enough but it really I I couldn't I can't understand why folk would watch Jurassic folk who really really enjoyed Jurassic Park watching that film and knowing that everything that kind of happens in that film yes we're talking about dinosaurs being resurrected but the characters make really logical decisions in it and it's or, a, or if they don't make logical decisions it's a dis- they are they are decisions that are based on greed like a Dennis like I forget the actor's name yeah. he does stuff that's kind of stupid no, the point but he does being, stuff out of desperation Dennis has an agenda and yeah. he does that but as a result of what he does it then puts the rest of the characters in peril who have to think for themselves and work the problem which is what they do and you're like watching it and there's none of this fucking oh the T-Rex uh, helps them I was like no it doesn't it's like it's out of necessity the T-Rex is eating stuff Yeah, it's like that's not so that's, that's helping that's it. something that really upped me by the last two Jurassic Worlds well, that's what I mean. Last one mm-hmm. is that the T Rex is made out to be like a, a hero. Yeah. He's a good guy that is there. So, oh, I'll, I'll help you out, Big Chris. Yeah, no, not not so much in this one though, because like there is a sequence where the protagonists are in danger directly from it, which is in the trailer. Mm. Yeah, um, I like the start of the film. It's just it's so shit. Like, I, but anyway, that's that's. Can I can I do something we've never really done before as well? <laughs> Because like so. after watching this, like again that letterbox thing, like uh, I started reading some of the reviews that are on that. Like, do you want to do you want to hear one of them? No, all I'm going to say is we are not here to say, "Oh, your review's positive." Well, you're wrong. We're not here to do that. No, no, not at all. If you like this, again, power to you, man. Like, uh, I mean, I, I've got like quite a low bar when it comes to monster movies. Like, there's stuff in this, even in the later sections, that I kind of found enjoyable. But overall, the film is just so rancid that like I cannot say it was a good movie. No, it's not a good movie. It was better than Blue Velvet, though. I believe um, Neil. <laughs> I, I, no, was it? Fuck's sake. Uh, I believe Neil said that. On fire. Yeah, I believe Neil said <laughs> Super Mario Brothers was better. Super than Mario Brothers was better. Than <laughs> Can I read a review I had that? Fun watching that. Read a review that I found was quite funny. 
So this one says, Fallen Kingdom makes Jurassic World look like Jurassic Park, a tedious, infuriating and brain-dead ordeal that knowingly epitomises so much of what's wrong with modern blockbusters. I hated every cheap, cynical, inconsiderate moment of this stupid fucking movie. It's so thunderously awful that I almost want to watch the CinemaSins video about it just to try and keep score. Almost. I can't think of a more damning criticism right now. Please, for the love of God, put this franchise out of my misery and kill the dinosaurs already. Kill them all. Start with blue. I didn't spend my entire childhood looking under the bed for velociraptors just to be told that they're cute and huggable. And I'm actually supposed to love these lizard killing machines now. I never imagined a haunted house movie about dinosaurs could possibly be this dumb. My mistake. My mistake indeed. It's, that's pretty fucking <laughs> yeah, spot really on. Accurate. Like, yeah. something I hadn't considered is that concept of they are trying to make velociraptors yeah. like something that is a fucking cute dog. Like, Toys, mate. It's, Toys. it's terrible. It's so terrible. Yeah. I, oh, it's such a shite of film. Man. So that's all we can really say about it that's a uh, spoiler free from this moment on we are going to spoil the film because there's so much to hate about it that kind of needs to be spoken about specifically right I want to start this off just because I feel like I have one one really big issue which breaks the entire film and franchise for me and I'll probably let you see a piece after that and that is during the course of the third act, you discover that the small child is a clone. Clone, yeah. Uh, why? What purpose does this serve? Other than at the very end of the film, Chris Pratt, or actually it's um, Bryce Dallas Coward, has to make a decision where all these dinosaurs are in, have been escaped from their cages, but can't get out of this room where, is it arsenic? I forget, no, it's like it, some kind of cyanide. Yeah, some, some kind of cyanide uh, gas is leaking in and they'll all be killed. Mm-hmm. So, Bry- Bryce Dallas Howard flips the wee, wee, butt, wee thing over the button and uh, she's got her hand hovering going, I can't let them die. Oh, I can't let them die. But then decides, it's for the good of the human race, that these man-eating yeah, monsters, giant man-eating monsters do not escape this room but then they escape the room because the wee dick the wee clone last wee dick clone last he goes oh but they're alive like I am fuck off you have just doomed the human race yeah. mm-hmm. and then it cuts to folk on surfboards going oh they're surfing this then the giant lizard you see at the start, the start of the film eats a guy then you see all these pterodactyls flying about and then you see blue this velociraptor this deadly looking over a machine. suburban area it's, like it's, suburban. it's fucking Los Angeles was it LA? it's yeah. LA looking over so all these dinosaurs are out there and, and Big Chris Pratt says driving up the road going oh, I don't know how that was like, fuck off but then, you have doomed the human race it's, it's so, unless the next film is about the government going out and wiping these things out see fucking there's, there's a couple of points in this one though right is like yes all that shit did happen and like there's a voiceover by uh, what's his face Jeff Goldblum during this about how man will now have to coexist with dinosaurs but the thing is uh, what's, what's Tommy just what you said 
I both to you during Neil's rant, are we doing spoilers and you even look as if say what? So I thought I would text it and ask Neil. Well, imagine me Jack. talking about the last five minutes. Well, I didn't know how far we were going because <laughs> I was getting juice. Uh, but yeah, like, there, there were not enough dinosaurs let loose to actually mean that they will survive. Like, they breed? With what? There was a T-Rex, there was a Triceratops, there was a Raptor. They don't just, they can't just breed amongst each other. It's not the fucking point. They will As big Jeff Goldblum says, life finds a way. Yeah, but life is going to find it pretty hard to find a way without something to fuck. Because I forgot, in Jurassic World, do they stick to the whole rules of, well, they can't because they're all female? No. No. But the thing is, though, there's only one at each of them. No, there's only is about 20 in total. Like, a T-Rex isn't going to become pregnant and give birth on its own. Yeah. So, like, there is only a T-Rex to deal with, like, uh, which the army can no, fucking deal on, with. No, hold on, hold on. I'm sure that during the, 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 the scene where they're nearly going to die out because they're being gassed, there's a couple of triceratops, like, babies. And no, but that. also, they show you that all these private companies... Have all got samples of these things? Yeah, but they're all different dinosaurs. It's all like 11 different species. There's not enough in the world to... like. But if these companies are genetically cloning these dinosaurs... Okay, right. To be fair, that is the, the kind of... Is a kind of a, I don't think I mentioned it to you guys, actually, but like that is the kind of only thing in this film that I find in any way redeemable is like the overarching message of this movie is that mankind is so fucking stupid... They're like just because we can do something like as yeah. thing he says in the the first film, we don't stop to think if we should or not. Like people are going to see profit and just fucking do things out of fucking greed well, and stupidity and fuck ourselves. That's like well, the overall point of yeah, the film. And again, I really liked the speech <coughs> that when Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard are locked up and they're like, "Oh, you can't do this." And Rafe Spall's like, "Listen." You exploit these animals yeah. the same way yeah. I'm doing yeah. it. So you are just as accountable. You are the mother and father of this new thing. I was like, yeah, he's yeah. fucking I'm absolutely right. right. Yes, you're yes, right. right. And not only that, do you think that you're going to... Why would you put the animals in that those cages with brick walls and that? You're like, they're going to yeah. break free. They're massive. Yeah, I mean, that's even point by point throughout the movie. It's just like, this is fucking dumb. That's fucking dumb. Like, so many things happen that are just really, really stupid. In terms like, of the uh, storytelling, yeah. Like, terrible. even, like, starting from the end and kind of working backwards from it, right? Like, Neil was talking about, like, that little cloned kid lets all the dinosaurs out into America. Uh, and which, there are no repercussions. Which, they're pretty close to a town. They highlight that. Like, yeah. there's a part where Chris Pratt and the... Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard are going to veer off from like the main convoy to like mm-hmm. find the police and the army to like, tell them about what's going on, and then like that's when they get captured and put in jail. They are not that far away from a town that is now unsuspectedly got like loads of big human eating like dinosaurs yeah. about it. I mean, after like, all these consequences that, that are crazy. Ch- that child is going to be responsible for murders. But like, see the oh, thing. Absolutely. Right, so like, on the subject of the child, though, right? Like, uh, not only was she a clone. But like they didn't out and out say it, but like they talked about how a uh, Hammond, like the guy who responsible for the Jurassic Park stuff in the first mm. place, like and James Cromwell, he thought that James Cromwell did something mega shady in making her, and like there's loads of little hints that she's not all human. Yeah, like from the moment she's introduced, she's treated like a raptor, as if she's kinda got dinosaur DNA in her as well as human. They, they were maybe going to go down the hybrid line. They never say it, but yeah. it's completely hinted at. I never really like, I, I never noticed it. Yeah, like, no, I didn't feel that was the way we were going. 
and like that has been done before in Alien Resurrection and wasn't good then and it's even worse now splice but like moving back from that like she lets all the dinosaurs out let's go one step backwards Bryce Dallas Howard opens all the cages why could she not have only opened the cages of the dinosaurs that weren't going to murder everybody. Like, she has just spent the better part of a night dealing with a dinosaur, which she has decided deserves to die because it's after her. Why would she let a T-Rex Because you've got that overall theme of animal rights, so to her be selective of animal rights would then deem her a hypocrite. But she obviously doesn't believe it because she's just tried to kill that one. Like, because it's after her. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. No, but I get it. She could have let the ones out that aren't a danger. No, I, I hear you, man, but that's what I'm saying. But the film... And let the other ones die. The film is, like you said, it is littered with fucking hypocrisy, <sighs> stupidity, bad storytelling, bad script. I mean, again, even when, like... Um, the, I'll tell you, a bit that kind of made me a bit sad, but it was purely there. Uh, and someone was actually crying in oh, the cinema when it happened is when the idiot, is man. when the boat's going away the, the volcano is blow is erupted and there's a brachiosaurus in the man. pontoon and there this lassie behind us was, um, was i don't know who last year a guy whoever kid whatever adult was crying and you could hear that person loudly sobbing and as you much know, as i thought that's a bit of a sad scene that, that, i was like it's not it's not that sad that is whole it? bit i was just like this is fucking dumb yeah <laughs> that's another thing though that kind of fucked me off in this movie is how many times are we going to get that shot of somebody looking at the window with their mouth agape and their eyes going, oh, they're a dinosaur. It's fucking Jurassic Park. You knew what you were going I, yeah. But at the same time, like that is a human trait that I really like is that cool kind of sense of awe and wonder. And like I don't ever tire of seeing that in people genuinely in real life or in these films. Well, but like that sequence yeah. was just trite. Like what yeah. what I would say is that more annoying though. Off from the what what I would say is more annoying is the there's always a bigger fish trope. Uh, yeah. like that's been done to death in a million things. So it's yeah. like this film relies on it several times where a dinosaur is gonna eat somebody, but a bigger dinosaur eats that dinosaur. Like that happens, yeah, happens all the fucking time. Yeah. Just yeah. give it a rest. Yeah. Um, again, talk about some of the other characters. See the wee, see the wee geeky computer tech guy. Yeah, why Moss. is he even there? Annoying as fuck. I'm like, why are you there? I mean, like he was there because he was like the computer specialist. He could, it could but, be any computer spe- specialist. But, Same as the lassie is the doctor. Like, could be MD. Because that's you, that's you, what the world is now, Tommy. That's why you had those characters in Gears of War four. That's why. Could you not like, have someone who was maybe at Jurassic World who was a doctor or whatever, a survivor, if you will, and be like, well, I've dealt with these animals before. I know it's not all theory for me, whereas for her, it all was. Again, I was, and the, and the, and the wee guy, he's like, oh my God, is it the T Rex? I was like, you need to wrap that up, man. This is not funny. Yeah. It's not. He knew where this, he was going. Yeah, he knew this, yeah, this is irritating and annoying, and please stop. Yeah, like him, him being the comedy relief really didn't work. Yeah, uh, and like he just, yeah. There's like loads of situations where he just appears places, and it's like the last time you see him when he gets separated from the main group, like he's been told to offload cargo from the boat, and yeah. then like the next time you what see him, of, he's, he's in a lab coat in the secure lab. Security is that like, gaff all about? Like, yeah, I mean the security is a that? whole other thing. Like, where we'll just go. No security. Right, there's like, the T Rex. We'll bit, just walk in. See the bit where, where James Cromwell's deed and the wheel ass he's hiding in the. In the kind of trolley bit, mm. and like she uses that wee pulley system thing to get into the secure lap. Yeah. It's like not what? even that. 
She uses the keypad of the front door of the thing, which no one is guarding, to get in an elevator I mean, that, down the stairs where no one is guarding. Yeah, that bit, fair enough though, because like they set up the shot where she watches the generic bad dude type that key yeah, code but in. What, but why is um, there no one guarding these dinosaurs? I mean, there, there doesn't seem to be anybody in see, the complex at the start. See how she scurries about as well. See, there's yeah. a bit where she's in the complex and she scurries off. I'm like, Ray finds with the senior. He walks right past yeah, yeah, them. He's like, mate, you would have seen that peripheral vision. But I, mean, I would have seen that. That's like what's going on. That's like a, a, a thing in this film, though, where like so many people just do stuff because it's really lazily written. Like, it yeah. just move the plot forward by people being yeah, idiots. Okay. Yeah, so like, the thing getting out of that fucking cage. Oh my fucking god! Yeah. Like big. Big Buffalo like, Bill goes up. And he's like, it rubs so, the lotion yeah, on his skin, so and like, he gets Chris. Chris Pratt. Like sabotages the mechanism to move that thing back into the lab because he wants to kill it. He is feet away from a fucking gun, a uh, and then like the last shot you see is like him looking at the cage and he's right beside it, and then like it cuts to the shot of that hunter who's like, what's Buffalo Bill? What's that the guy in the Lost World? Like a uh, oh, uh, what was his name? Oh, shit, the hunter, the hunter guy. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, it's Pete Postlewaite. Yeah, like it's essentially a shit version of his character, mm. right? So Pete Postlewaite was like arrogant in that first movie. Like he was the, the big game hunter, and like uh, he was there to get his reward. This guy goes around taking teeth. randomly taking teeth off a like not even dangerous dinosaurs, just any dinosaur, because it's required of him. Because later in the plot, they want him to open the cage and walk into that thing. Yeah, it's, yeah see, like, see from that go. I mean, see when he uh, again at that point, I'd I'd fucking mega zoned out, and all I could think about was when Buffalo Bill is walking towards it. Goodbye, horses. Wait a minute. Hold yeah. on a second. Is that actually yeah, that answer? That's why you call shit. That's why you call it Buffalo Bill. You know, I did not. I, I was like, "Fuck, Buffalo Bill was alright." No, no, it wasn't. He, he was cannon fodder he, he from went, the get. Oh, yeah, he was cannon like, fodder, but I quite quite enjoyed his kind of shitty performance. Yeah. and see when he goes like, to open the cage, right? Like, let's go from there, right? See, like Super Raptor, right? Endoraptor, whatever the fuck you want to call it. <laughs> see the bit where it attacks um, Bryce Dallas Howard, Chris Pratt. And the child, right, and then actually puts his claw in, puts his claw in the actual in her in Bryce Dallas Howard's foot, and incapacitates him. And they are there for they are there for the killing. But clone child decides to run off, oh. and it follows her, and conveniently gets stuck in places so clone child yeah. can run away. Then clone child does that thing that uh, the, the again Jurassic Park. Oh, I can't uh, shut the door. It's like yes, you can. But like yeah, but like the thing she's seen in the wee pulley system thing is like the flimsiest fucking wood panel Aye. that it would just have smashed. She goes up, and where does like, she go? Her bed. Her bedroom. Which and then, I didn't mind that too much. And like, then it does its fucking. Thing. She might have done a better job. Yeah. Than super like, super yeah. raptor comes through the window, and then guess who shows up? Who has no idea the way out of this fucking house because he's yeah, just been there. Chris Pratt. Pratt. Yeah. The only thing I would say is the Super Raptor finds her because they make a point of telling you that it can catch her scent from something like a hundred mile away or yeah, something. Yeah, until like it can't because they're in the same room with it it doesn't know where they are. And Chris, like, Chris Pratt's like, oh, he's never been to this house, that happens. And then he's like, 
don't worry, it'll be alright then. Then, like, Blue comes in and they're fighting, and then him and Clone Wars are sitting there watching us, like, get the fuck out of that room. Uh, exactly. And then they're on but, that glass no. dome, and who fucking shows up at the right time? Bryce Dallas yeah. Howard. Like, how is she standing? I know, right? Yeah. It's just like, it's like, all like, even, you're there the, at even the in, right time. You're even like, even then, man, off. like, Blue is just a normal rap boy. I mean, it's an intelligent raptor, but it's just a normal kind of, it's like a third of the size right, of this other thing. fucking Batman. Yeah, it's like, when when it, when the big one leaves the, the room, to chase after Chris Pratt and the wee clone bastard. Like, hey, like, why is Blue still alive? Like, why would it have done that? Like, it would have fucking killed Blue. And, like, Blue shows up without a scratch on it and does something. It's like, just all, at every point in this film is stupid. It's like, at man, every fucking point. That happens for convenience. That happens yeah. at the right time. This person, this character, right and time. Like, this, I was like, no. This, it's like, no, it's so, no. like, the, the actual, the Indoraptor thing like reminded me constantly of the alien and alien covenant as well where like this is supposed to be like a highly like evolved uh, specific killer machine that becomes a fucking clumsy goofus whenever a protagonist is nearby like it's, it's like away, it's like oh my god yeah, i fell over this vase or whatever it's an, like, it's an expert off. killer it, machine it looked weird as well because it had like its front arm leg things seem yeah. too long mm-hmm. for his body it's weird yeah i just like it's so badly written it's like so so cheaply written that like mm-hmm. this massive apparent like world ending threat this like highly tuned highly sensitive killer can't detect them when they're like feet away from it like it can't hear them it can't see them because the lights are off it's like it just it becomes essentially a groucho mark style fucking buffoon a whenever whenever no, Chris Pratt hits near it like and it's supposed to be this all-encompassing killer thing mm-hmm. and like Toby Jones man what the fuck is that accent I don't mind Toby like, Jones he shows up he gets paid he leaves yeah. but again but he, like he the, gets eaten. His, his death sequence is played for comedy effect as well and like no you want to talk about comedy effect you want to talk about terrible terrible comedy effect See the bit where Buffalo Bill is going in to check the thing oh, and the Christ fucking eyes, smiles winks. and winks at the audience. I was like, what the fuck? You have just fucked yourself That's even like more. Another thing, like, it's so bad. It's like, I, hi audience, I'm not really asleep. Yeah, I get the idea that this thing is supposed to be intelligent as well, right? But like a I big... Intelligent? A, a, a big problem I had with the original Jurassic World was the idea that the Indominus Rex or whatever it was Indominus called, Rex. like, it was supposed to be intelligent but like, how the fuck was it supposed to know what thermal imaging is? Like, it changed its body temperature to fool the thermal cameras into thinking the pen was empty. Mm. How the fuck does it even know what cameras yeah. are? Yeah. And then Months similar... of studying, writing its wee diary, day 51, see the camera again. <laughs> similar Starting this... to get this plan. Similar yeah, in this one. That's the movie I would watch. <laughs> yeah. It's From like... its point of view. Yeah. Like, similar in this one. Like, a Buffalo Bill shoots it a couple of times with the trank darts. How does it know it's supposed to pretend to be asleep? Like, awesome. You're like, it doesn't. Like, it's that's just, fucking it, stupid. It's, like, it's purely there to wink at the audience. And it's, it's like, oh, and it's intelligent. It's acting like it's asleep. It's like, how the fuck does it know what a tranquilizer is? I, like, I wonder if there's a, there's like a training montage somewhere on some cutting room floor of the Indoraptor going through the paces. Yeah. You know, like a, a Rocky-esque montage. Yeah. Yeah. Like Me it. and Neil were talking about, do you know what can save the third film? As if they don't make it? As if it happens, right? And then it just cuts to the President of the United States picking up the red phone, and then you see another red phone ringing, and it's Godzilla that picks it up, and he says, I'm on it. 
and Godzilla goes after the dinosaurs as a personal assassin because that's how wacky and fucking stupid this is. Let's let's go one better and take our not take ourselves seriously and just know that we're a this, fucking pastiche of shit. While while I enjoy your pitch for that movie, Tommy, <laughs> I would add that the start of that film has to be Chris Pratt, his missus, and that fucking idiot child going to jail for what they yeah, have yeah. done yeah. man like as bad as like the the fucking throwaway businessman villain was like they're worse Chris Pratt and all the rest of it are like fucking mass murderers by the yeah. end of this Ray, movie Ray like, Spall says you are the fucking mothers yeah. and fathers of this you fucking but like at that point it was kind they of figurative they release like, the dinosaurs yeah. that kill all those people right. in that room yeah. the Clone Wars presses the button it's away Shite. like also like there was a really annoying continuity error bit in that sequence of the bidding war where like they show you like the first dinosaur being sold and it's Toby Jones going sold and then it just like they bring out like the first predator dinosaur and a folk are like five million, eight million, nine million and then it just cuts to Toby Jones going sold, sold, sold like cutting as if like they're selling uh, loads of dinosaurs but then when it cuts back to the dinosaur it's still the Allosaurus that's there that they cut back in. So did he just sell that one dinosaur to ten different people? Like, no, it's like, man, has everybody checked that guy? Is he maybe having some kind of episode? <laughs> it's like... Just, he's fucking Dr. Wu or whatever his name, Henry uh, Wu. Yeah. Like, man, he is still alive by the end of this movie. And, like, he has become the fucking worst villain of any movie franchise I can think of. Like, He's just useless. Yeah. But it is, it's rubbish. So daft. I can't even, I can't believe he fucking survived bargain hunt with dinosaurs, man. It's like, he never got ate, but, like, all those other folk got, like, taken off by pterodactyls, yeah. etc. And the, the way, like, they escaped the... Uh, even that bit, like, the business... The evil businessman who you know is evil because, like, for some reason he smothered James Cromwell, like, which just seems really out of character. Like, a... Yeah, Rafe Spall's his name. Like... If I had written this story, like, and that sequence was going I to be know, in it... I, I understand, understood the motivation of that. But, thing. like, like just because, like, he's, like, obsessed with money and he's in an argument with James Cromwell who wants to get the police involved, there's, like, a way to make that sequence... Yeah, I don't know. There's a, a way to make that sequence play out that doesn't involve him actually, actively becoming a murderer. No, but hold on. Even the, even the run-up to that, he's like, I will have no part of this. Hand me the phone. Yeah. Phone the police. Yeah. You're like... James, James, really naive like they, they've already, this is, this is they've already played down. up the fact that James Cromwell is a weak old man and he's dying. Yeah. Why not have that, like that scene play out where they get into a heated discussion? James Cromwell like has a fucking heart attack and he doesn't do anything to help. Oh, that seems just as contrived to me. It, it's, but it doesn't, it doesn't make his character like an out and out murderer, which just seemed ill-fitting like it didn't it didn't seem right but then after that yeah. when Chris Pratt and the Bryce Dallas Howard are in the jail cell like uh, he says to Buffalo Bill as far as the outside world is concerned they died they burned up on that mm. island and then he leaves them both alive when B- Buffalo Bill had a gun pointed at them why are you leaving them alive yeah. why would you not just shoot them both then and there and then dispose of the bodies there is no reason to keep them alive other than the plot doesn't want them dead in terms of tension and drama see that bit where Chris Pratt is tranked and the really horrible looking Uh, CGI lava is getting him he's like he's doing his best impression of the rock out of Welcome to the Jungle that was was another thing I didn't think the dinosaur CGI was that good yeah like Uh, like, I mean fair enough it's been a long time since I've watched Jurassic Park but like this looked worse than what I remember Jurassic Park looking like 
Does you that know, make sense? I, I, yeah. Did you? And you were like, nah, it doesn't hold up. I was like, I, 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 I remember just I, I remember it holding up, but yeah. So much about like, there's almost nothing to like about this song. Uh, and I still don't like. Uh, sorry, I still don't dislike it as much as I dislike Ready Player One. Yeah, I should say something. I agree with that. Like this, this film was bad. Ready Player One was fucking terrible. No, this. I thought this film was worse than what I thought it was going to be, but it's because this is off the heels of a film I didn't like anyway. So expectations were already yeah. pretty low. Ready Player One's a standalone thing. You're like, wow. I will say, like, they make a Ready Player Two. I will say, like, oh, like no. I actually think I enjoyed this one more than the original Jurassic World because like that original Jurassic World was like a total fucking eye roll fest like this one's bad like it is a bad movie but like this is the kind of bad movie where there's a time and a place where you could watch it and get enjoyment from it with a group of people who also know it's bad and a lot of alcohol involved like Jurassic World 1 is not that we watched it sober as well um, so that didn't help. Oh man, my daughter was cancelled. Why did I watch that sober? <laughs> I don't think being inebriated would have helped it that movie. Have, I, it, a, it, it would have just made I'm you a lot more forgiving in unsober rates. It's like not for the first viewing of it. Like knowing that it's shit and knowing what happens beat for beat, you could laugh at it the same way you could laugh at DOA. Do you know what I mean? Oh no, no. Like this movie... DOA does not no. take itself seriously. No, I mean like... DOA is like a classier movie, definitely. <laughs> but like... I would just... never describe it in <coughs> classy or classier. Yeah, but like this... Legit. This falls into like that kind of... It's like... It's a bad film from start to finish. But you can enjoy it for how bad it is. I can. I like, don't know. It, no, it, it, it doesn't... It takes itself... It's like... See Rampage? I can enjoy that because I know what that is yeah. and it knows what it is Jurassic World doesn't so, yeah. can't decide what it is and it's still trying to maintain that it's some kind of and it, serious it, it takes canon. such a long time doing what it's trying to do yeah. it I honestly felt like it was never going to end all, all, all that, that drag, yeah, all that the, the sequence in the house like again like the, the idea of like essentially alien like that whole house sequence is not too far removed yeah. from the situation in the alien, a you know like a group of people with one fucking highly lethal thing after them, and it's like night and day different. Uh, just how fucking poorly handled this one was like. Oh, I. Whew. It's, weird <laughs> it's a lot to unpack. Yeah, I don't know if I've kind of said my piece. She's got anything else you want to say about it? Just don't go and watch it. Yeah. Well, no. If you like these things, go and watch it. If you want to waste your life, go and watch it. Just... I don't know, like, as much as I definitely don't think it was a good film, like, it is a throwaway, I've got fuck all else to do, it's on Netflix. Yeah, don't like, don't spend money on it. If you're going to watch it, wait for it to be on Netflix. Yeah. I have no desire to watch this film ever again. It's like every now and then I get a desire to watch some a Star Wars prequel again. I won't have this for this film, ever. It's weird I also get that. Yeah, well, man, maybe I, think, I should watch Attack of the Clones or I've, Sith. I've, I've watched them enough times, to and then you watch it, and you're like, I've "Fucking why did I do like, this?" Yeah, like I, I do this. I mean, like I watched Amazing Spider-Man two like last year or whatever. Oh, was it even as long as that? It wasn't. And that like, was not last year. That was, was this, that this year. year. Yeah, I remember. But like, there's always like, there's always things like that where it's like, I know it's going to be terrible, but like, I'm like, how terrible was it though? Like, how much did that actually hit it? Like, I, I started watching that Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer again as well. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like, I turned that off 10 minutes in. Uh, I, I don't know, man. There's something to be said for watching films you hate. No, like, I get like, the idea that, like, watching a film, like, again, 
it can be kind of a cathartic experience. You're like, man, I'm just want to watch something. But again, if it's a film you hate and you get either slightly inebriated or high or whatever, and you're watching, you're like, I fucking hate this, but I kind of I want to watch this because I'm in the mood to hate something, and yeah. I kind of want to watch for a cathartic experience that. But if I'm a wee bit, if you know, if you're oh, I'm having a couple of drinks or you're high or whatever, you're like, yeah, I'm kind of doing that, but I'm also so chilled out and I'm just kind of good to the point where I'm going to laugh at it. I'm kind of like that with Da Vinci Code or Angels and Demons. Yeah. Every now and then I'm like, what the, why the fuck did I put this on? This yeah. is so daft. But I'm not offended by it. I'm just, I'm just amazed at how fucking rubbish it is. And the, that's how I am with Resident Evil movies. Oh man, I, I, keep, I keep going back to them because I absolutely hate myself. <laughs> But well, they're so easy to watch. Is there a word for that? There's probably a German word for this exact thing where, like, you watch something you don't like and it well, gives you comfort. Th- this is what I like. You you and our good friend Stevie Pollock, I remember asking, like, why you you know this Resident Evil film's going to be bad, so why you continue? You didn't like any of them. He's like, it's because it's Resi. I'm like, that's not enough to watch this. Well, see, I, I don't have that with it. I just I don't know, man. think they're, they're shitty action horror you're, movies. You're talking to a guy who bought the Lord of the Rings trilogy when he fucking hates them, so I can't really say much about anything. Kind of. yeah. I, that's another series that I occasionally go back to, and I don't like. I don't like the Lord of the Rings movie. Yeah. But I often go back and think, well... Everybody else really likes them. There must be something to them. I like them. No, they're dull as fuck. But the same as like the Hobbit trilogy. I'm like, oh, I'm oh, I'm never watching that again. Fuck that noise. That was dull. See Blue again. Like I fucking hate the two Hobbit movies I've seen, and I still, I'm probably gonna end up watching the third one at some point. The third one's the best one. Yeah, there is no best one. Sorry, the third one is the the, the I I want to say entertaining out of them, but it's again not entertaining. It's the lesser of three evils. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. This feels good though. Like, if nothing else, this movie has earned its worth for me and that I have enjoyed ripping it to shreds in the same way that I enjoyed ripping Batman versus Superman to shreds. Yeah. Again. Oh, that is a shame that that's also another film. Yeah. But I again, easily watch. Even this is a cathartic <laughs> thing. You're like, it's, it's, I think at times it's fun to have a really shite negative opinion and rant I mean you come away with like comedic things I mean I kept calling up Child Clone Wars and Buffalo Bill I mean nobody remembers his name but remember I Buffalo I'm Bill a, I did not even recognise yeah. him as... the thing is he's, he's in more stuff and he is a good actor and I I, 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 I was like oh Scott Glenn's like that's not Scott Glenn but he's in Silence of the Lambs with Scott Glenn I was like what the fuck is his name and I felt bad because I'm like nah man he didn't deserve that but I mean he's Buffalo Bill um, to me the, the one he's, he's so f- the, the one thing I will say I liked about his character in this is that like he does the whole big bravado macho man, I'm the fucking shit, I'm the hunter, I'm this, I'm that. And then like to see him crying when he's locked in the cage with a thing was kinda alright. Mm. Was it? <laughs> it was kinda. He's an idiot. Oh man, I'm gonna trank it and defo unlock I'm on that this So door. daft. Like, so man, daft. Um, you wouldn't Tell you what, man, you just just maybe put your hand through the cage door, you might be able to... Why did no, he, 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 dump another, he dump another two tranks in? Aye, exactly. Who cares exactly. if he fucking dies? The same with the bit in the, the girl's bedroom, which again, like that, that whole sequence is only there because like that is a cool image of the monster coming yeah. in through the bedroom window yeah. and like the claw slowly moving up the covers. Yeah. Like That's like really cool. Like I, The film that, forced its way That's reading. another thing. I don't believe the... Indoraptor would have, would have taken his time. Would have slowly kept uh, up. It would have pounced that kid 
course it is. Dead. Yeah. I mean, look, it kind of caresses her hair earlier yeah. on as well. Like, why did it not yeah. just tear it to shreds? But yeah, is, like, that, is that because cause she's his mother? Like, who knows? Like, <laughs> I bet that might be, man. Like an alien free moment? Yeah, yeah, no, like, I can see that being the next movie, man. Where, like, it turns out the Indoraptor wasn't trying to kill her that whole time. It actually wanted to nurture her because she's the same as it. Like, I oh, bet. Because they do they talk about that. Totally go down that fucking yeah, terrible route. They, they talk about. Shen talks about. How it needs a mother. mother. Yeah, they need to imprint a oh, mother. Oh, it. it's got her DNA. In yeah. It. Oh, man. Like, you'll find out this whole time. Oh, man. I man. fucking hate this film. <laughs> I mean, like that may not be the case, Neil. Neil, who now has his head oh, in his hands, a uh, King Kong's gonna sort. Uh, not King Kong, Godzilla will sort it out. Yeah, like, e- even that bit in the bedroom, though, right? Like Chris Pratt fires at it three times, and it doesn't even go down. And then, like, he doesn't know that he's run out of ammo at that point because, like, it's only after like it shows it hasn't done anything that he tries to fire again, and he's run out of bullets. It's yeah. like if that was me. I would have fired every fucking bullet I yeah, had. Everything. Like, you would have threw your shoes at it. You'd be fucking yeah. throwing every gun just to try and get it. Like also, like I, the one, like the I, in a film of bad decisions, like the thing that really fucking just sticks with me is like, why didn't Chris Pratt kill it when it was in the cage? Like he was right next to, he was right next to the gun. The whole sequence started because he was intent on killing it. But Why let, then walk away to let the other guy? It's not a triceratops. He lets that wee thing that bashes. Yeah, the wee head butter. Yeah, just I'll let you tear these people apart. Which again, like they oddly like gave a personality to. Yeah, like, it's like, oh, it's kind of fun and cute. Uh, toys, into, mate. Until toys. it's tossing people around the room. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what a shit show. Yeah, as I said though, I, it is nice to rip it to stuff. But again. If you're a fan of it, we have told you about spoilers, and if you don't like it, don't listen to it. It's but at the same time, you're also responsible for the decline in the uh, quality of movies in general, so Ooh-hoo! fuck you. Jeez, oh man. Jeez, oh. Agreed. <laughs> um, Raptors right. adjourned. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> what's out next week? Uh, Something better than this, hopefully. Uh, hopefully. Uh, is it not Mission Impossible? No, is that another 29th or something like that? Mm. Actually, no, is that another July? Is it as late as July? No, like the 9th of July or something like that. All right. No, 9th of July is Jaws at the GFT. Go uh, watch Jaws. Yeah. Uh, Again, um, I didn't talk about this last week, but uh, I attended um, four lines screening at an organisation called Burnt Church Film Club. You want a medal? And it's... uh, it's on at the Flying Duck. Uh, it's, it's a great wee night. Again, they show like right now they're showing a lot of horror classics. They showed Candyman. Uh, they're showing Pet Cemetery on Sunday. Uh, they're going to show The Thing. So um, if you're looking for something alternative to mainstream cinema and you want to watch a classic with a bunch of good folk, go check it out. But yeah, this Sunday they're showing Pet Cemetery if you fancy that. Um, just a wee shout out to the guys. Is that us? That is us. We'll, we'll have watched something. Hopefully better than this yeah, by like, next week. Do you know what I feel like from start to finish in this week's show, I've possibly been the fucking most pessimistic I've ever been on this show. Like I don't think I don't think I've had a good thing to say about anything this week. That's because you've only went so, to see Jurassic World and Blue and you were probably never ever gonna like it. Yeah, and the, the news was all about like just really annoying shit where like people should know better. You should like watch uh, something as a nice palate cleanser. Watch something you really love and it'll reinvigorate your. Yeah, I mean, like we've been talking about it for the past couple of weeks, man. But like a, a rewatch of the Evangelion series is completely on the cards. Yeah, but it's, do that. happens soon. Get that done because uh, like I still want to watch them. 
Do you want to watch them with me? He loves coming to your house, man. What if I came to your house, man? Oh, that's a broken alley. Yeah. We can talk. Well, <laughs> there you go. Um, so, possibly Evangelion. Paul could probably be up for that. Yeah. So again, like I, I don't know if anybody is actually doing it, man. But like, if you like the show, if you made it this far, please share it, rate it on like your podcast thing, iTunes, whatever. The only way we've got uh, like getting more listeners and stuff is word of mouth right now because we've not put any money into marketing. Yeah, let's yeah. get a Patreon going. So, <laughs> oh, well, so we can earn <laughs> a buck a month. Hey. Uh, no, but yeah, like if you like it, please please share it. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, if you want to talk about anything that we've brought up in the show this week, feel free to get in touch with us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at PacoRUK. Tommy's at Vast Destruction. Neil is at Scorch808. The podcast itself is Raptors Podcast. Uh, that's us. Not Facebook as well. Yeah, we like our stuff on Facebook. Yeah. So that'll be us uh, until next week.